Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? process, folks, for the next Supreme Court justice is underway. President Joe Biden says he has it down to four candidates. Uh, also, folks, uh, on uh, today's show, we'll tell you about Louisiana's plan uh, to keep black... But first of all, we discussed yesterday, Louisiana's plan to keep black voters packed into one district. Uh, also, uh, the Louisiana House of Representatives, they're creating uh, a select committee to investigate the death of Ronald Green, the black man who was beaten by state troopers, and they covered up his death as well. When two white men began shooting at him, he was just doing his job. Tonight, the Mississippi FedEx driver and his attorney update us on the case where two white men have been...
job, good pay, good life. Would you be willing to walk away from it to achieve real wealth? Well, that's exactly what this woman did. And boy, did it pay off. Once you make the decision that this is the direction that you're going to go in, I do believe that there's power in having a decided heart. Hear her story on the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach on Black Star Network. The leverage that the players have is that we cannot be replaced. These are the best basketball players on the planet. The league can't say, okay, you're all fired. We're going to get some more. Who's watching that, right? The dance is to make it not worth their while to lock us out. No one's making any money if you try locking these men out. And I said to Adam, you know, I don't mind a fight. That's what I do. Y'all want to lose all this money. Y'all want to swing? Right, let's do that. And, you know, there are some things you can say are unacceptable, and I think I can probably believe it. But when I say that there's something unacceptable, you should also believe it. At the end of the day, I know my guys aren't going to make any money if you lock us out. But you know what else? You're not either. I'm Pastor Jackie Hood-Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We'll laugh together, cry together, pull ourselves together, and cheer each other on. So join me for new shows each Tuesday on Black Star Network, a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. All right, folks, today is February 11th, 2022. Coming up on Roller Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network, President Joe Biden has narrowed his Supreme Court nominees down to four names. The vetting has begun, and he's already talked to Democrats on what the plan will be to roll the nomination out and to get this black woman confirmed. Also uh, on today's show, we'll talk about a case out of uh, Louisiana where the House of Representatives, they're creating a special committee to investigate the death of Ronald Green, the black man who was beaten by state troopers, and they covered it up. FedEx driver in Mississippi, shot at by two white men. FedEx hasn't done a lot to help this brother. He will be with us, along with his attorney, to talk about this extremely strange case. So a brother on social media actually questioned the attire of a black female coach at Texas A&M. Lot of folks have been talking about the outfit worn by Sydney Carter. Well, Sydney will join us for her first public comments about all of this drama. The great resignation is hitting the education field. In our Education Matters segment, we'll look at what one man is doing to help slow down the rate of teachers quitting. Last night, I showed you the video, woman who said that uh, she got kicked out of her grandmother's house for not knowing how to play spades. Well, we found her and we'll talk to her tonight. And also another crazy ass white person doing crazy ass white people stuff. And they got fired. It's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Yeah. 
President Joe Biden says he will begin interviewing the potential nominees for the Supreme Court justice next week. Black lawmakers are wary of pitting the sisters against each other. They want the Democratic Party to focus on making sure the candidate is confirmed. The potential nominees, again, they have not actually released a list, but this is the names that are being talked about. Uh, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson, Judge J. Michelle Childs out of uh, South Carolina, Judge Candace Jackson-Akwumi, Judge Holly Thomas, Leandra Kruger, who is a uh, first, uh, also a judge uh, out of California. I don't know, we should have judge next to her name, too. Isn't she the one in uh, California State Supreme Court? Yeah. And also, uh, uh, head of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, Sherilyn Eiffel. Those are some of the names we have heard talked about and bandied about. Uh, this, of course, will be an historic appointment, the first time in history uh, that has actually taken place. Joining us right now is Melanie Campbell. She's president and CEO of the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation, also the Black Women's Roundtable. Uh, Melanie, that was a letter that was sent out by, signed by 13 black women in Congress uh, saying to uh, Democrats, hey, don't sit here and pit one sister against another. Uh, right. And so they wanted people to understand that they stand strong on this point, too. Uh, most definitely, Roland, as you laid out uh, the names you just called off, how many of them are judges already uh, with, with, with impeccable backgrounds? Um, I do believe once we were able to, and then, then you have our uh, civil rights organizations, especially our legal organizations, who are also doing what they always do. They're checking those records out. So whoever ends up being, we need to be ready for, uh, unfortunately, I think we're going to still have to be ready for a fight that, that because folks are setting up to just make it very, very difficult for whoever is nominated. Uh, and uh, look, I mean, you already seen the starting where you got Republicans who are questioning who the nominee is going to be, uh, suggesting that somehow uh, they are an affirmative action hire. I mean, that's just the silliness stuff that they uh, actually do. And so, uh, you know, bottom line is this here. Um, uh, uh, you know, they all will be absolutely qualified. It's amazing how we don't use a qualified qualified when it comes to white folks. No, absolutely not. And it's and, and the other thing, uh, Roland, you know, you know how long this fight has been, right? You know, when you think about when folks talk about affirmative action, I say, well, I guess it was affirmative action for those 100, I think 114, uh, only six weren't, weren't, weren't white men. So is that affirmative action for them to kick that that message right back to them? Um, but I, th I think um, the the, um, the opportunity that we have here is to really make sure that we are organized. We We, we know how things are always going to be. And it's also, at the end of the day, it's about power. And then to, to try to make sure whoever gets nominated, whoever gets confirmed, that somehow they're not really, really good enough and they're not really, really supposed to be there. And so we really have to work, continue to work hard on that narrative and call people out. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and, and look, it's also going to be important uh, to use this moment uh, to further discussion about uh, again, these uh, these more than qualified sisters and and how there should be more in the system. Right. And then the one thing I will say the Biden administration has been doing is putting more black women on on the bench. And so that's and that's critical because at the end of the day, if we're not if we're not sitting on uh, in those courtrooms, uh, uh, then, then we don't have the opportunity to have. Of, uh, justice come our way the way it should be. It does make lived experience. Of course, it's not just black to be black. It's black 
is great, but also uh, to have uh, the kind of backgrounds that you know the lived experience of being an African-American in this country. You know the, the experience of being a woman in this country and being able to bring that that, the, the, um, that with you um, in, is, I think, critically important. And also, of course, looking at the, those who have uh, judicial records to look at that and see what that looks like. All of that's fair game. What's not fair game is try to marginalize Black women because it is about the image of saying uh, you're not quite qualified uh, um, or the, all the, like you said, the affirmative action, all of that. And, that, and then the setup for that. And, you know, and, and, and we know even with all of that, get past all of that, there's so much of a challenge for us when we end up uh, being nominated for powerful positions as black people, black women, we have the history, we have the, we have the receipts. So know that we have to be ready to fight. Uh, in, indeed. And so I want to bring in my panel right now. Of course, uh, we're joined uh, right now uh, on the show uh, by uh, some great folks. Uh, Michael Imhotep, African History Network. Uh, you can check his show out uh, on his uh, Facebook, Facebook page uh, each and every single day. Kelly Bethea, uh, communication strategist. Glad to have you as well. Matt Manning, civil rights attorney. Glad to have you as well. Uh, Matt, I'll start with you. Uh, you're in uh, you're in the courtroom. You're sitting here, um, you know, dealing with these cases. What's also important, and I keep saying this, people with lived experience. One of the things that we've had, we've had people, too many people who go to the Supreme Court uh, who were not practicing attorneys, who were not representing clients. And, and I think that also uh, really is, is crucial. It's not just people who are coming from an academic point of view, uh, or who just worked for justice, but who represented actual people. That's so important. Uh, to give you an example, uh, the Justice uh, Leandra, Leandra Kruger, who's being considered, has presented 12 cases before the Supreme Court. I mean, that's just demonstrable experience. And to your point, you know, as a lawyer who votes for judges in local elections, one of the first things I look at is how many cases has she tried? How many cases has she presented before the court? Because as an attorney, when I'm presenting a case, I want to be sure that the judge is not only going to consider all of the evidence, but is going to give me the opportunity to try my case, is going to understand why I might be presenting certain arguments a certain way. So the lived experience is absolutely crucial, particularly as we fight issues like qualified immunity and, and other issues um, that are emerging in our society. So, you know, to imply that these, these extraordinary women are not qualified is purely racism and it's purely sexism, and it is unfounded when you look at their sterling backgrounds. And I, I think your point is, is spot on, Roland. We need people who have actually practiced law, and all of these women have done so at the highest level. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things, that, uh, Kelly, when we talk about um, looking at this here, I mean, look, I mean, they, as, as Melanie said, their records are going to be examined. You've got labor uh, that, uh, you know, big labor, very concerned about uh, the cases uh, that uh, Judge Childs, that she represented when she was an attorney at a law firm, also her rulings. And so uh, they're going to be looking at all of their records uh, to, to, to get behind who they think is the best choice. And that's what you're supposed to do when you're vetting for a Supreme Court justice or any judge who is going to be appointed by another party. Um, my only concern is, like how other panelists said and other pundits have said, do not pit these black women against each other because, frankly, all of them are qualified for the position. I am excited to see who's going to be picked. But at the same time, we have a long way to go when it comes to 
um, equality across the board, especially when it comes to the judicial system. A main reason why people would possibly pin these women against each other is because so few black people make these spaces, let alone black women, in which none of these uh, no black woman has ever entered into this space. So I understand the need for perfection, but at the same time, let's not put a bur an undue burden on this panel of women who are already pretty much overqualified for this position anyway. Uh, Michael, uh, look, uh, we're living in this period of white fear where Republicans want to mm -hmm. question anybody black. You've got Dr. Lisa Cook, sister, who's been appointed to the Federal Reserve. They are out here questioning her credentials, which are impeccable. I mean, this is the reality. Republicans are going to call any candidate uh, who isn't a hardcore Republican. They're going to question, uh, question everything about them and question their competency. Well, they're going to do that, Roland, but it's going to be, unfortunately, because of white supremacy and racism and because of a lot of scared white men, is going to be even worse for an African-American woman. But any of these women, that any of them that are on the short list of four, I have full confidence in, and they will wipe up the floor with the likes of a Tom Cotton of Arkansas, punk-ass Ted Cruz out of Texas, uh, Southern uh, fake uh, country accent uh, John Kennedy out of Louisiana, who said he wants uh, a Supreme Court justice who knows the difference between a J. Crew catalog and the U.S. Constitution. But last time I checked at SupremeCourt.gov, uh, when it comes to the uh, being attending a law school, do, does a, a lawyer uh, does the Supreme Court justice have to attend a law school or something like that? You've had uh, Supreme Court justices in the past who got confirmed, you know, and they didn't attend a law school. Now, they got uh, the last justice to be appointed who did not attend any law school was James F. Burns, 1941-1942. He did not graduate from high school and taught himself law, passing the bar at the age of 23. Yes, that was a long time ago. But you got a history of, you know, there's been 115 Supreme Court justices, only six have been non-white men. So they've had affirmative action since about 1789, 1790. So a lot of this nonsense, you know, uh, we really need to push back on with the facts as well. People can go to supremecourt.gov and look at this information as well, because there's a lot of disingenuousness out here, just like that fake crack, just like that fake, uh, fake crack pipe story that was running on Fox News as well. Okay, so we really need to push back on this also. Uh, Melody, you made a point about uh, what what the um, <coughs> what the um, civil rights groups do. Explain to people who don't understand how. Now, granted, <laughs> for whatever for, for many reasons, uh, this wasn't done when Elena Kagan was appointed under Obama. There was a whole bunch of pressure put on civil rights groups to get behind her appointment. Uh, because of some questions, but there's a process that is followed where the NAACP Legal Defense Fund goes through and does the analysis and then shares that with the other civil rights groups. Explain that. Right. Uh, and you're right, Roland. Uh, NAACP Legal Defense Fund, Lawyers Committee, um, uh, uh, and then the other, other groups. And so they take the time to really go through their records of what, what kind of cases have they... Uh, either prosecuted or defended, 
uh, whatever the case may be, so that you have an idea about where they stand and how they look at the Constitution and how, and there's nothing is a 100% guarantee, but that they, they take it very seriously and it helps those of us who are advocates to have the the, uh, the facts and not just what we hear uh, on, on a Twitter or a tweet or, or what somebody says, uh, you know, um, on a soundbite, that we really have the kind of information that we would need to know whether that person uh, would be uh, uh, great for the bench. And I tell you, man, you had me, you had me having flashbacks. So we're not going to go back to that. <laughs> Moving forward, I'm glad that we're well, at this moment. Well, I mean, look, I, I, I get it. I mean, but but we also uh, it, it needs it needs to be made clear. Uh, I've talked about it. Uh, that the reality is the Obama administration, look, they didn't like black criticism when it came to their picks, but the reality is black organizations were there to fight for black people. Uh, yeah, and so, and I kept telling you. know, we pushed a lot of, you know, we had, we, we pushed on it, and it was one of the things, and I said it publicly, and I won't back down from it, it was one of the disappointments uh, uh, that we had as uh, as uh, black women that that never happened uh, under the, the administration uh, but we're sure glad it's happening now. All right, Melanie Campbell, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right then, folks. Again, I mean, this is one of the things that uh, people need to understand uh, when we talk about uh, the the role of the president. Our responsibility is to put that put that pressure uh, on them so they understand. Uh, that, look, we're not going to sit here and take things lightly. We're not going to sit here and not fight on behalf uh, of, uh, of African-Americans. And so we're glad to see uh, that happening with, uh, the, uh, with all of these sisters. All right, y'all, got to go to break. We come back. Uh, we're going to talk about a story of misogyny, sexism. Um, this brother posts this comment on Facebook where he questions the attire of a black female college assistant coach. Man, folks have talked about this story all over the country. It's been blown up social media. Well, that sister, she will join us. Sydney Carter, Texas A&M University, uh, publicly talking the first time about this. Can't wait to have this conversation with her. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network. to achieve real wealth? Well, that's exactly what this woman did 
and boy, did it pay off. Once you make the decision that this is the direction that you're going to go in, I do believe that there's power in having a decided heart. Hear her story on the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach on Black Star Network. chair take your seat the black tape with me dr greg carr here on the black star network every week we'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in join the conversation only on the black star network My message is about changing our way of thinking about women in abuses of power. Law professor Anita Hill. know it's a whole bunch of stuff that happens on social media that I, I don't really waste my time with is it, a whole lot um, but uh, this uh, this image here uh, went went out and initially I, I didn't pay any attention to it I, I didn't because people say stupid stuff all the time happens all the time um, then I was sitting again like, like I say when I so this dude uh, no, go go back. This is, this is some dude. His name is uh, Wayne Walker, I think, something like that. Um, is is that his actual? Is that the actual one? Okay, all right. So he um, he uh, no 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 no. That's not it. That's not it. So he's on Twitter. He's also on Facebook. And so the initial post actually was on Facebook. Uh, and again, the guy's name is uh, Wayne Walker. And so he posted this, that particular image there. Um, and let's see. Um, see, you guys, do you, you see my, uh, do you see my computer? Okay, so this is the actual original post, uh, this guy, Wayne Walker. Okay, so he posts this. And so he goes, Sydney Carter, women's basketball coach, is her outfit appropriate as a basketball coach? That's the question he threw out. So I, I, I'm totally ignoring it. And then somebody hit me, and they said, Roland, what you think about them talking about Sydney? And I was like, hold up, from A&M? Then it, okay, so Sydney Carter played on the Texas A&M 2010 National Championship team. Uh, I was actually at the game, huge supporter of them, uh, so familiar with Sydney. Obviously, you see me rocking my Texas A&M gear. Uh, and so I hit her up, and I said, hey, would you like to talk about this? 
because a lot of folks have been weighing in, lighting into Homeboy. And he actually sent me a tweet. I can't believe y'all making all this noise, uh, uh, you know, because I asked a simple question. Well, that question has pissed a lot of people off. Uh, she has not talked uh, publicly about this. Uh, she said she definitely wanted to come on. Uh, so welcome to the show, uh, Sydney Carter. What up, Sydney? Hi. Of course, it's been a long time since uh, since I've seen you, uh, and uh, of course, uh, running with your running buddy Sydney Colson, that crazy girl. Uh, so you're there uh, in player development at Texas A&M uh, with the women's basketball team, helping with the recruiting as well, uh, and so. So let's talk about this here. Uh, a lot more people know you today than know the role you played on helping a and win the national title in 2010. So let's first just talk about uh, what your life has been like for the past few days. I mean, I honestly, I just wanted to wear my turtleneck and pink pants um, <laughs> like I do every, every game. Um, but it's been... I, I won't say overwhelming because it hasn't been overwhelming. I really have not really um, cared much about if somebody has anything to say about what I wear because I post every game outfit. Um, but it's been interesting to say the least because I just didn't think, I mean, this was something that I do every time, like I said. So I just didn't think that it would happen like this. I mean, I, I saw it happening and I was just like, I just got on pants and a, and a shirt. <laughs> Uh, and, and we're showing some of those uh, a collage of uh, some of your outfits. Uh, and, yeah, if you look at your Instagram page and your Twitter page, I mean, you have photos of you wearing all kinds of different outfits. Uh, but what really uh, bugged folks, a lot of people, and I'm talking about there have been comments on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, in fact, uh, when I posted uh, the other day that we were going to be uh, uh, having this conversation, uh, I think it uh, generated, uh, you know, uh, almost, uh, you know, 1,500 comments all over uh, folks who were just uh, weighing in and who were talking and who were talking about, you know, this whole deal. And they would just, they would just, um, uh, just say it, it makes no sense whatsoever. And you've had folks uh, who said that, you know, this is, yeah, 7,498 hearts, more than 17, almost 1,700 comments. And a lot of people were angry because it's the policing of, of women's bodies, black women's bodies. That's what we heard a lot. Yeah, and, and you know, th this is not, the thing is, is, I'm not the first woman to wear heels on the sideline. I'm not the first woman to put on leather pants on the sideline. Um, but, I mean, I just feel like, just take the fact of that I'm black out of it. Just as a woman in general, you're, no one's ever going to be satisfied completely with what we do. There's, I saw so many people saying she needs to be wearing sweats and, and tennis shoes on the sideline. Or, you know, there, people say all the time, women in sports, y'all are too manly. That's why we don't like to watch the women's game. But now I'm here I am, I'm dressing feminine, and y'all are not satisfied with that either. Um, so, you know, I'm, for me personally, I'm, I'm just not in the business of doing things that if you're intimidated by my confidence and the fact that I'm unapologetically myself, that I'm not, I'm not going dim to diminish my light at the end of the day because you're uncomfortable with the fact that I'm confident in myself. So that that's just the reason that I, I felt like I haven't needed to say anything or to respond to anybody that has anything negative to say. Um, obviously, I appreciate the support, um, the women's basketball community, and just women in general have banded around me. And I, I mean, it's it's been overwhelming 
for me to see. Um, but at the end of the day, game 23 was yesterday, and I came out with a full two-piece leather outfit on and my, and my leather <laughs> pumps because I'm not going to change. I mean, today in practice, if you go down my Instagram, you'll see I even wear uh, skirts and, and tops and cute shoes just to practice because that's what I'm comfortable in. I mean, today I'm wearing... Since everybody had a problem with the pink pants, I got a pink skirt on today at practice. Because <laughs> I, that's just what I do. That's what I'm comfortable in. I'm not going to change my nails. I'm not going to change my hair. This is just me. The, the, the reason this is also an issue, because the reality is women face them face this in other fields. Um, oh, okay, if you're working in a law firm, watch what you're wearing, in television, uh, in engineering. And so you have folks who are judging women based upon what they wear as opposed to what they're saying, what they're doing. Uh, and to your point, look, I've watched women's basketball games. I've seen other head coaches in leather skirts, white women, uh, not, not, not just African-American. And so, you know, I don't know whether this dude was going, ooh, the pants are too tight or whatever. And I've even had some people uh, show photos of uh, Cheryl Miller when she was the coach, well, you know, wearing baggy pants and jackets. And here's the whole deal. Okay, if, if she comfortable in that, that's her. That's her, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, to taking it back to just the fact that I'm a black woman, being a coach is being in a power position. And people can't handle when a black woman is educated and actually looks good and is actually doing her job. Um, so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if I'm wearing sweats or if I'm wearing my pink pants and my and my turtleneck, the job is going to get done at the end of the day. And the people that I work with and my university respect what I do. And I have never gotten a compliment. I mean, I've never gotten uh, somebody say, you know, you're you need to stop wearing that or this is not a part of the dress code. I, I, I never intended to break barriers. I never intended to create a lane for people. I just wanted to wear what I am comfortable in at the end of the day. So, um, you know, I just think people are intimidated by, by black people in power positions that are not afraid to be confident and, and stand on what they stand on at the end of the day. Uh, pull my panel here, uh, Michael Kelly, uh, as well as Matt. Uh, Kelly, question or comment uh, for Sydney? Um. <clears throat> So when I first saw the picture, I didn't even understand what the issue was. And then I saw who actually posted it. And if I looked like him, I'd have an issue, too, because really, <laughs> at the end of the day, the issue is not what you were wearing. It's the fact that he liked what you were wearing and he can never even be at your level because he looks like a frayed Q-tip. And my other point being, you know, frankly, if you were shaped like a crab leg, this would not be an issue. Facts. This would not be an issue. So could you talk about how... And, and you and I both can relate to this, how instead of policing the creeps, they police our bodies instead, and how you dress doesn't have anything to do with your job. Yeah, I mean, I can't, at the end of the day, I can't leave my curves at home when I go to work. So it doesn't matter exactly. if I have a box to work. You know, you're, Black women, at the end of the day, we are built different. We have curves. Um, and, and that's not a knock to, to any other race or anything, but at the end of the day, black people are known for their culture of, of being curvy women or, you know, just setting trends in general. Um, but at the end of the day, my resume will speak for itself. And, and I have accomplished things.
you know, from here to here when it comes to what I've done on the basketball floor. Um, so I, I've never felt like I needed to defend whether uh, I'm credible in doing my job or not. So at the end of the day, like I said, it doesn't matter if I chose to wear a, a pair of Adidas sweats and tennis shoes on the floor or if I decide to wear my clear heels. At the end of the day, I'm going to get my job done because that's what I'm going to do regardless of what I'm wearing. Michael. Hey, Sydney, thanks for coming on and sharing this with us. So, uh, yeah, you know, this is it, with with social media, it really feeds into this problem of judging women's bodies. It takes it to a whole nother level. OK, um, which is which really can cause self-esteem issues and body shaming, body issues with Af especially with African-American women. So um, you have, uh, you know. I wasn't familiar with the story before uh, seeing it preparing for today's show. You've worn a number of different outfits, suits, skirts, things like that. So uh, I think people really need to get over this. But I, I saw here that your outfit, is it true that your outfit was pink for breast cancer awareness? Is yes. that true? Yes. Okay. Can you talk about that uh, for a little bit and why you in wearing pink and what breast cancer awareness means to you, if you don't mind? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, um, typically every everybody knows um, all around NCAA basketball, we always have a week allotted for a team um, and you wear pink in honor of uh, breast cancer and breast cancer survivors. Um, and I actually purchased these pants three years ago. So thank God I can still fit into them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's real. Yes. <laughs> We're supporting the cause of, of, of bringing awareness to breast cancer. So I hope that, one, this has done that. Um, but, I mean, breast cancer, obviously, it hit, hits home. And a lot of people actually don't know men can, can suffer from breast cancer as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I've obviously had, being in a basketball program, um, you, you've had a lot of people that are, are closely affected. Um, I personally have not had uh, any personal stories as far as breast cancer goes, but a lot of people around me, we actually had an assistant coach last year. His wife is a breast cancer survivor. Um, so th this wasn't something that I just said, okay, my, my pink pants might be a little tight, but I'm, I just said, these are my pink pants and I'm, and I'm supporting a cause at the end of the day. My nails obviously are supporting the cause as well. Um, nobody's talking about those. Uh, so, you know, it, it, that, that's all it was in my mind was, oh, I got a pair of pink pants in my closet. Pink games coming up. I'm going to wear my pink pants. Right. Thank you. Matt. Well, first, Sydney, I just want to apologize for the sexism that brought you here. This deserves no explanation. You shouldn't have to do it. Nonetheless, I commend your grace in doing so. The question I have is, what message would you have for young women, you know, young girls especially, that are hearing this or seeing this and seeing this play out in, in terms of how they can continue to build their confidence and how you push past stupid people making stupid comments? And before you answer that, I also would like um, to ask how you live with yourself um, coaching out at that school way out there with the pigs and the hogs. That hey, 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 I'm going to need you to back <laughs> your ass up, Matt. <laughs> Matt, Matt, okay, first of all, Sydney, first of all, Sydney, you got, Sydney, you got to realize Matt's silly ass live in Austin. <laughs> okay, that's the first problem, Matt. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Um, <clears throat> But, I, I mean, maybe I'm a little biased, but this is the best school to attend because nobody does it like us. You talk about culture and tradition. Let them know. Let nobody, them know, Sydney. Let them know. Nobody's touching us. There, There is literally the spirit of Aggieland is a real thing. So, Matt, I invite you to step away from from Austin and come get some, some real 
family atmosphere because you ain't getting Whatever you got to tell yourself, Sydney. Whatever you got to tell you. Because you know, you, you know, they never concrete you in Austin. <laughs> um, but as far as my message, I mean, um, so last night before the game, our social media actually posted a photo of me kind of like strutting out the tunnel. And then you will see my players kind of just like hyping me up and just kind of mimicking my walk. Um, just in solidarity of the confidence that they knew I was going to have walking back out um, after all this stuff has happened. Um, but I think the biggest thing is that I want people to know that like what I live is, is just a reality for me. I'm not going to say something and not live it at the end of the day. So if, if I have a message, it's just that if you see me, I hope that you understand that you can actually be yourself. And, I, and I'm not just saying that and then you come around me and then you feel like you can't. I never want people to feel that way because, um, you know, I, I'm just very confident and I'm very unapologetic, un, unapologetic about who I am at the end of the day. And I just don't feel that anybody should have to diminish their light because people are uncomfortable with the fact that they are comfortable with themselves. So that message to just understand. Oh, I'm so sorry. To understand that it doesn't matter what people have to say um, at the end of the day. If you're comfortable um, with with yourself and, and who you are, people are going to have something to say regardless. At the end of the day, that shouldn't matter. I, I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't raised to be concerned with what people think about me or what they don't think about me. Um, so, so that would be my message, just to continue to be confident, whether people have something to say or not, because somebody's going to find something to say. Uh, this is the photo you were talking about uh, as they were coming out. Uh, and so, yeah, you can tell in the photo you got your strut on. Yeah. Uh, and, so, uh, and so so we see that. Uh, now, what often happens when, when, these, when these things uh, do go viral, uh, you have different uh, companies and other folks all of a sudden who see it and all of a sudden like, hmm. So... You've been getting phone calls from any clothing companies or designers uh, uh, since this story has uh, g uh, gone viral? I mean, I right now I'm still trying to funnel through all of my messages and everything. Um, I have seen some where people have said, like a lot of a lot of black um, owned businesses, where they're like, "Hey, we would love to make you a piece to wear to the game. Uh, I would love to send you a pantsuit." Um, so I just haven't gotten around to actually like get to people. But I mean, I would I would love to do that. Obviously, I would love to have Adidas reach out to me. Uh, you know, and 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 say something about working or collabing with me. Well, um, especially since they got a black female chief marketing officer. You know what? I might have, I might hit her on LinkedIn yeah. uh, and say you might want to hit a sister up. Yeah, yeah, but but I, I got to get through all of these messages because I I mean I can't count how many there are, uh, but I got to get through them to see to see if people are actually wanting to to do something nice for me. I hope so. Uh, and, 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 I'm, and, and knowing how locker rooms are, uh, I take it you've gotten a little ribbing uh, from uh, your players. Yeah, so, so they obviously are always like, well, yesterday they immediately were like, okay, we can't wait to game 23. We know we got to win, but what you wearing for game 23? And I'm like, <laughs> it's crap. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, but every game, every game, they're literally like, that's the one. That's the one. And I'm like, okay, every game can't be the one, ladies. But I mean, 
happy that like they've got somebody that they can actually relate to. Um, you know, I'm still young. I'm, I can still relate to the the younger generation now in college. Uh, so that so that's what makes me happy is that they feel when they look at me like some of them legitimately see themselves. They always say when I'm a coach, I know I'm a dress like that. Um, so so that's the kind of response that I get from from our kids. And so uh, but but can you please provide some help? to my man, Coach Blair. I know it's his last year. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's retiring, uh, but, uh, you know, he, he, Coach Blair's my man, but I might need to send him a couple of ascots or something. <laughs> well, he has actually done really well. He will even come to me sometimes and be like, all right, Carter, what do you think? And so he actually had a really nice, um, one of our assistant coaches, bought him a really nice like velvet maroon uh, blazer this year. And he came out and he didn't ask me what would look good with it, but he came out with it and he had some nice black pants on this year. And I said, okay, now this I approve of. So typically he'll ask me how it looks and the other times he'll just go on and say, he's been doing it for 50 years. He knows what he's doing. Uh, so he run it by you. And so uh, these here are some of the other photos Sydney has posted, y'all, on her social media page uh, of her various outfits. And so, and so, and see, now you're not really, that, that, is that the Christmas dress, Sydney? That, 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 really? That's, that's, the, that's the Christmas one? Okay, gotcha. Well, I'm quite sure uh, it's now definitely going to be a thing for, uh, for the other uh, Aggie fans who are at the game who beforehand hadn't really uh, noticed or paid any attention. Uh, but uh, again, hopefully uh, that there are that there are women, there are young girls uh, across the country uh, who will gain confidence uh, themselves in your confidence and tell folks, I'm not sweating what you think because it doesn't matter. Uh, and, uh, and and by the way, just just so folk know, uh, you know, because again, uh, the, the 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 dude who posted it, he was like a little upset. Uh, he he he's gotten lit up so hard, y'all. Yeah, uh, y'all can go right here. He has protected his tweets, <laughs> so uh, he he's gotten he's gotten blown. Uh, and Michael, he's from Detroit, so uh, this brother his brother here, Wayne Walker. Yeah, he has protected his tweets because y'all have been lighting him up. And so uh, I'm gonna just zoom in. Y'all can see his photo right there. So so Wayne, hey, next time you ask a question, you might wanna think a little harder before you hit that send button. Uh, because you might go viral too. So, <laughs> Sydney, I appreciate it. Uh, it's good to chat with you. Thanks for uh, for coming on uh, to talk with us. Uh, good luck to the uh, let, let, let my fellow Aggies know. Uh, and look, and, and for all y'all who watching, let me be clear. Okay, I ain't no bandwagon. I was supporting the women's basketball team a long time ago, and Coach Blair would call on me to even talk to the team. I've been to practice, so trust me, this ain't new. Tell Coach Kelly Bond I said what's up, and uh, hopefully uh, I will see y'all uh, in March Madness uh, and try to pay a visit uh, when y'all take it to me and uh, get back to the Final Four. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Jenny, thanks a lot. Gig'em. Bye. Sorry, Matt, you can't do that. I don't want to do that. that. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't do that because... Uh, and you know black and burnt orange don't go together. You know that. Oh, my goodness. It don't go together. It don't, only on Halloween does it go together. Yes, that's how we do it. All right, y'all. Uh, we got to, uh, first of all, we're going to be taking y'all phone calls. I'd love to hear what y'all have to think about uh, what uh, uh, Lil Wayne Walker had to say. Like I say, y'all, he is protecting his <laughs> Lil Wayne Walker in Detroit at Wayne Walker 279. Yeah, they've been lighting his ass up. 
for the past few days. Uh, and so he tired of getting beat. I don't even know what his Facebook page is, but he feeling that heat. Uh, give us a call, y'all. Show the number. Let's bring it up. Uh, remember, only Bring the Funk fan clubs uh, members can call in. Uh, that's a perk. That's a perk. So give us a call, y'all. 202-890-1199. 202-890-1199. Love to hear y'all thoughts uh, about uh, this issue or even some of the other topics we've had thus far. And so please give us a call. Uh, again, 202-890-1199. Also support us uh, by downloading uh, our app. The Black Start Network app, folks. Things have been uh, going uh, great. We've already surpassed, um, let me get right here. We've already surpassed uh, 30,000 Apple phone, Android phone, Android TV, Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Xbox One, uh, Smart TV as well. And so we appreciate that. Uh, and also, if you want to support us in what we do, join our Bring the Funk fan club. Your dollars make it possible for us to do what we do. Uh, and so that is, of course, P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037. 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037. You can support us via Cash App at dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingatsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. And as I said, uh, we have surpassed uh, 30,000. No, I'm not showing it right now, y'all. Don't pull that scholarship up. Thank you very much. Uh, we have surpassed uh, 30,000 downloads uh, for the app, and so we want to now target 50,000. Uh, thank you very much. So our next goal is 50,000, and so let everybody know, that pass the word, <coughs> download the app. It's all about giving you the news and information you're not going to find anywhere else. I'll be right back. Pastor Jackie Hood Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We'll laugh together, cry together, pull ourselves together, and cheer each other on. So join me for new shows each Tuesday on Black Star Network, a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives, and we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network.
There is no shortcut to utopia. Writer Claude McKay. All right, folks, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, let's um, talk about this uh, strange case out of Mississippi. Okay, earlier this week, we told you about this black FedEx driver uh, from Mississippi who was chased and shot at by two white men while he was delivering packages. The father and son duo, Gregory and Brandon Case, they face aggravated assault and conspiracy charges. But DeMontario Gibson wants them to be charged with a hate crime. He joins us now with his lawyer, Carlos Moore from Mississippi. Glad to have both of you on the show. So, DeMontario, let me start here, all right? Um, walk us through what happened. When did this happen? Um, where were you? What time of the day? And, and how did this even occur? Okay, so it actually happened on January 24th, 2021, around approximately, approximately 7.30, somewhere around that time. 7.30 um, p.m. or a.m.? P.m. It was, it was pretty dark out. Got it. Yes, sir. So I was actually delivering a package to, the, to this address, 417 Junior Trail, but I put the wrong address in, and I put in 427 instead of 417. So as I'm delivering a package, I'm looking for 427, which obviously doesn't exist because it's the wrong address. So I proceed to leave the neighborhood. As I'm leaving, I see, I notice 417 on the mailbox to my left. I check my Leo, which is my work device, to confirm that the address was 417 instead of 427, which I did. After that, I turned around and I ran the yard. I proceeded back to the correct address. I hopped out my van and delivered the package and hopped back in. Once I hopped back in my van, I noticed a white, a white pickup truck approached me from the, a house on the same pot of land in the background. And um, they got extremely close to me. They started blowing their horn, and I thought I was just in their way because, like, the, the road was extremely thin. And I was just trying to get out their way. As I proceeded to leave the driveway, they uh, tried to cut me off and trap me in the neighborhood. But my instinct kicked in, and I swerved around them. As I swerved around them, I started driving down. I drive down. I'm hitting the gas. I'm trying to get out the neighborhood. I drive down about two or three houses. There's another guy standing in the middle of the street pointing a gun in my vehicle just like this. Uh, Motion me to stop saying, like, miles in order to stop as well as doing his hand like this. I shake my head, no. I hide behind the steering wheel in hopes that he doesn't fire his vehicle. I mean, fire his weapon into my vehicle. And I swerve around him as well. Once I swerve around him, he starts actually firing shots into my vehicle. I heard about four or five shots, but we found more bullet, uh, more bullet holes than what I heard. As I'm approaching the end of the neighborhood, um, one of my managers actually called me, and she heard some of the shots going off. And uh, I, I told her that I was being shot at. She was like, they shooting at you? And I was like, yes, ma'am. Um, and she was like, okay, just hurry up, get back to the station as fast as you can. And I was like, okay. So as I'm leaving Brookhaven, as I'm leaving the city, like still panicking, still hitting the gas. I noticed the white pickup truck still behind me. Uh, um, they chased me all the way out the city, all the way into the highway. And after driving down the highway about 10, 15 minutes, I finally called my other manager and let him know what was going on. He said we would file a police report in the morning, which didn't sit right with me. So I just took it upon myself to call the police myself. Once I redispatch, I only got out about half of my story before they cut me off. He asked me, where you at this address? I was like, yes, sir. He like, we just received a suspicious person call from this address. I said, sir, I'm not a suspicious person. I work for FedEx. I was just simply doing my job. Um, after that, I was trying to finish my story, and 
he just told me to save it to the morning. I, I informed him that me and my manager was coming the next morning. He took my name down. He said he'd give it to his supervisor. He also informed also informed him that they were shooting at me. He told me they didn't tell him that, like, when they called, of course, they wouldn't, though. After I got the phone him, I made it back to the FedEx facility. The manager who actually heard some of the shots going on, we checked the van. It was bullet holes in the back of the van inside the packages, like packages that was directly behind me. It was like, so I could have been shot in anything. We actually found the bullet fragment on the truck as well, and we took uh, pictures of it. We also filed a, uh, filed a report that night so it can go through FedEx security. Uh, the following morning, I had to go to the police station with a different manager. We filed a report. When I got to the police station, the police were not taking me serious at all. The first, I dealt with three officers. The first officer I dealt with, uh, he had to take my statement down. So as I'm telling him what's going on, he changed my story about three or four times. I would tell him, like, this is what happened. And he'd be like, so this is what you're saying happened? Like, no, sir, this is what happened. We did that about three or four times before he finally got the statement right. After that, there was a second officer who was sitting there listening to me the whole conversation. And he uh, made a comment. He said, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second and ask, it, ask you if you did anything to make them think you were suspicious, to which I replied, no, sir, I was just doing my job. They thought I was suspicious. That was on them. And, that, and like I keep saying, that was, that's disrespect. Like, why would you even question me when I'm just simply here doing my job? I'm the victim, but I made them think I was suspicious. Even if I did, civilians can't take it long to their own hands. Carlos, let me uh, ask you. So, first of all, how was FedEx aggressive in demanding that justice uh, be brought against these two men? Not hardly. They were less uh, than aggressive. Their response was less than optimal. Uh, just today, after we did the press conference yesterday and demanded that they take this case seriously, they called and checked on my client and offered to uh, reinstate him uh, his pay retroactively to January 31st. But this has been two weeks now. Uh, they were quiet as a church mouse until now, and they did not do what they should have done to look after their own employees. I'm sorry, when you say reinstate his pay, what does that mean? He's been sitting home unpaid. He almost came within an inch of losing his life, and FedEx had him at home since February the 1st uh, unpaid. Uh, he's been on leave without pay because they sent him back to the same route uh, the very next day after this happened, and they had him in the same route, and he, it was too much for him. The anxiety overwhelmed him, and he asked them to go home, and they let him go home, but they sent him home without pay. Wow. Um, DeMontario, how... how... Uh, what, are, what are the other drivers have been saying? Because obviously, um, you're out there. It's not like you're walking around with a bulletproof, bulletproof vest on. You're just trying to deliver packages. The last thing somebody wants to wants to happen is to be shot at. Yes, yeah, sir. A lot of them are actually proud about me speaking up um, because they face the same. Day, some of them face the same day that I face, and um, they were more concerned about me speaking up. So they they can they because they they I guess they kind of feel where I was coming from like they could have been them as well. So they they just told me a lot of them told me they were proud of what I'm doing and I'm gonna just continue to speak up about it. Um. So Carlos, um, were these men? Uh, I mean, what what took so long here? And so were, were the were the um, officers? Were they were, were they dragging their feet? Are the cops dragging their feet? Yes, they were, and we were uh, dismayed about that, and that's why the family contacted me, so that we could get some true justice and not Mississippi justice. It, it took them eight days to arrest, and actually, they, they did not arrest the cases. They allowed them to turn themselves in on February the 1st. Mind you, this shooting, uh, this attempted murder took place on, on January the 24th. So February the 1st, eight days, they turned themselves in. They were bonded out 
on the same day, $75,000 bond for a Gregory case on a conspiracy charge and $150,000 bond for Brandon case for a shooting into an occupied vehicle. We believe the charges need to be immediately upgraded to attempted murder because that's what it was. Attempted murder had the roles been reversed and Mr. Uh, um, Gibson shot at uh, shot at them. He would have been immediately arrested uh, for uh, attempted murder. Um, that is uh, is just shocking and stunning. Uh, go to my panel. Uh, start with you, Matt. Matt, any questions uh, for D. Monterio and Carlos? Yeah, the question I have is, what explanation have the police given you for why they they didn't recommend attempted murder charges to the district attorney's office? I read the Mississippi law, and this is textbook. Um, if you do an act that would culminate in a homicide, particularly here where there's no interaction with them and Mr. Gibson whatsoever, it seems like it's, it's purely attempted murder. So what have the police explained as to why they haven't brought that charge and why they have not, you know, submitted that charge to the district attorney's office? The police have given no explanation. We believe it's because the assistant chief of police, who uh, has the same last name as the assailants, his name is Chris Case. So he is a case as well. We believe they are related, and we believe there has been some home cooking. The lead investigator, I'm told, is also related to the cases. And so we have asked the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation to take over the state case and present the case to the district attorney. The district attorney told me on yesterday that he will present the case as soon as he gets the file. And the earliest he's going to present it to a grand jury will be April. And he's not going to recommend attempted murder. He's just going to give the facts to the grand jury, he said, and let them come back with whatever whoa, indictment whoa, they whoa, want wait, to. Wait, 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 wait. The district attorney is not going to recommend, he's going to say, uh, it's up to y'all? That's what he told me. Wow. I couldn't believe it. So that's why we have asked the federal government to come in and uh, prosecute this and investigate it as a hate crime, because... There is some home cooking going on here in Mississippi. And so the Department of Justice, the Civil Rights Division, and the FBI is taking this case very much more seriously. The FBI went to the uh, Brookhaven Police Department yesterday and requested the file after I contact, contacted them on Wednesday, asking for them to open to an official investigation. Uh, Kelly. Um, you might have just answered this question, but just for clarification, um, has there been any sign of retaliation either from the police department and or even FedEx? I understand that you just said that he was he's been home without pay for this long. Um, has there been other forms of retaliation? Because that to me sounds like retaliation as well. Yes, we believe that uh, FedEx uh, had this man going into a hostile work environment. Surely, if you come within an inch of losing your life, you know that that route is a hostile work environment. To put him back on the very same, the very next day on the same route and have him performing that job for two days with no protection. I mean, he could have been killed by those folks that were still out uh, loose, uh, just out on the wild, that he could have been dead. And so we're considering a claim against FedEx for putting this man in a hostile work environment. And then to have him sit at home without pay uh, with post uh, traumatic stress disorder, anxiety. Um, it's just unbelievable. But now FedEx is now singing the right tune, but we had to make them sing that tune. Michael. Hey, hey uh, thanks for coming on today, uh, DeMontario and, and attorney. And I'm, I'm happy that you're, I'm happy that you're safe. And this could have been a lot worse. Um, the, the question I have, and the attorney may want to answer this. So I, in, in researching this case, I was looking at comments from Police Chief Kenny Collins. 
of the uh, Brookhaven, Mississippi Police Department. And he made statements on social media pushing back on uh, people on social media who were making allegations that uh, this was about racism, things like this in Brookhaven. And he said, we're not going to have outsiders coming in trying to stir that up. Uh, he said, Brookhaven is not a racist, prejudiced town. You can't judge a town by the actions of two individuals. Does it, does it, and he went on to say, please, people need to be careful what they post on social media. If somebody is killed or hurt because of what you post on social media, you will be charged too. Did it seem like the police chief was stronger uh, responding to people on social media than you all are in getting answers to what appears to be attempted murder? I mean, because they've shot a number of shots at, 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 at him in the, in the, in the truck. Uh, can you comment yeah. on that? This seems really weird here. Very weird. And I just want to say from the outset, I consider uh, Kenny Collins a clown. He has put on a clown show since this very incident. He has not taken it seriously. And he's a disgrace to that city. And he needs to resign. I mean, he's more he's concerned black, about the, the protesters. Mm. Excuse me? He's black, by the way, also. He's, he's black. Uh, all skin folk are not kin folk. And so uh, the puppet strings uh, are being pulled by somebody other than him, and he is just uh, carrying master's water, and we are sick of it. He needs to resign. Uh, my dad was born and raised in Brookhaven, so I'm very familiar with Lincoln County. I spent several summers there. They have a history of racism. Uh, a civil rights leader was killed on the front lawn of Lincoln County Courthouse in 1955, and no one was brought to justice. So they will let you go. Uh, white man get away with killing a black man if you don't raise um, holy hell. And we have raised holy hell, and we're going to get justice for Demario Gibson. Thank you. All right, then. Uh, first of all, um, what is next uh, for, uh, in this case, uh, Demontario? Well, I'm just hoping that we receive justice to the highest letter of the law. Not only that, but like I've been saying, we need to get laws in place specifically to protect black people uh, because it seems like the only thing these guys respond to is the law. That's why they always try to take it to their own hand. So once we get those laws in place, we can stop We can stop having situations like this happen because they won't be able to act on their emotion without consequence. That's my main thing uh, as well as getting justice. Um, Carlos, what's next uh, on the legal side? On the legal side, we're continuing to demand an immediate arrest for an upgrade of the charges. Uh, uh, from aggravated assault to attempted murder. We'll continue to monitor things. We are uh, planning to file a lawsuit against the case. It's a civil lawsuit. And we're also considering uh, legal action against FedEx, as well as uh, Brookhaven and the police department, if we find out that they were complicit in a cover-up. Because just like the prosecutor in the Maude Arbery case uh, tried to help the people out, the sellers, I believe that there has been some home cooking in that police department. And we're going to get to the bottom of it, and we're going to hold everybody, every corporation, every city, a police department responsible. We're going to hold them liable and accountable. All right, then. Uh, gentlemen, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, folks. The Department of Justice, they have indicted a man on federal hate crime charges and another pleads guilty for threatening a black man in Kansas. Colton Donner pleaded guilty in federal court for threatening a black man with a knife to intimidate and interfere with the man's right to fair housing. In September 2019, Donner was driving through a residential area of Paola, Kansas, when he saw a black man walking on the sidewalk. Donner stopped, got out of the car, and approached the victim while, of course, brandishing a knife. Hmm. Donner threatened the victim, yelled racial slurs, and, of course, told the, him this, that Paola is a white town.
<laughs> in Maine, a man has been connected, uh, convicted uh, with the, for the December 28, 2020 uh, fire that destroyed a predominantly black church in Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, first of all, he's been, he was indicted uh, by a federal grand jury. Uh, first of all, Dushko Vulchev. Uh, got hit with four counts of damage to religious property involving fire, one count of use of fire to commit a federal felony. Uh, so we have a quite the active uh, Department of Justice there. So uh, it sure is nice to have a DOJ that actually cares about hate crimes. Well, that's what happened when you kick a white supremacist out of the White House. So great job there. Uh, folks in Louisiana, the Louisiana Hoppers representative, they're creating a committee to investigate the death of Ronald Green. Green was beaten in 2019 during a traffic stop by state troopers. Troopers initially told the family he died in a car accident. Yet two years later, when the body camera footage of the incident was released, it showed Louisiana state <coughs> troopers beating, tasing, and kicking Green. The Associated Press found a text message indicating Louisiana Governor John Bill Edwards uh, was aware of Green's deadly encounter with state troopers hours after it happened. Edwards, of course, uh, denies these claims. Uh, as I said there, Matt, uh, you know, when you look at these cases, when you heard what Carlos said there, when we talked about the case with Tanisha Campbell yesterday, this is why, a sh for people who don't understand the importance of voting, okay, you can sit here and be pissed off with all you want to at President Joe Biden for whatever he said, what he hasn't done, but here's what I do know. There's a 180-degree change in the Trump Department of Justice compared to the Biden Department of Justice. To have Christian Clark leading the Civil Rights Division, to have Benita Gupta, former head of the Leadership for Conference on Human and Civil Rights, as a number two, these things matter. And so, for the people, and again, I, people come at me all the time, oh, you sitting here, man, there's no big deal. Hell no, okay? Hell no. And yes, the Department of Justice, they are looking at the Tanisha Campbell, uh, you know, following that particular case. They're following these other different cases. And so it's, it's important to have a responsive DOJ that cares about civil rights. It absolutely is. It's important to have a responsive DOJ, and it's important to have a DOJ that has lawyers that have been in the trenches, that know not only how to prosecute these cases, but know how to investigate these cases, and know when they've got evidence that they need to bring a case forward and need to prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. Look, elections matter. Uh, case in point, that prosecutor saying he's going to go in and not recommend attempted murder charges I have presented to grand juries. The defense attorney has no right to be there. It's just the prosecutor. A prosecutor can literally say whatever he or she wants in the grand jury. The reason that's important is if you want an attempted murder charge, you go in and say, we think this is attempted murder. Please return a true bill for attempted murder. So when you have lawyers that know that and lawyers that are actually committed to justice, you're going to have better outcomes. And that's why I'm encouraged that the DOJ is looking at all the cases that you mentioned, because we can have greater assurance they're going to find uh, justice in those cases. Uh, we say it over and over and over again, Michael. Elections have consequences. Uh, and so yes. if people want to sit here and play games, I'm telling you right now, consistently, a Republican presidency will mean a Department of Justice that is going to side with cops and law enforcement over citizens, especially black people. Absolutely, unless those cops and law enforcement are actually investigating the president, like the traitor-in-chief, Benedict Donald. Absolutely. And, and one, of, one of the biggest things, man, one, one of the biggest problems, and we see this consistently, especially with African Americans, um, some of them mean well, others are just social media pimps and whores, but I didn't mean to say that anyway. Um, 
a lot of times people want something, but don't know the process to actually get it. And and there's a big there's a big disconnect. Like if you talk to people who say they uh, it, we're not gonna vote unless we get the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Well, you do realize the only people that voted for the bill were Democrats, right? In the House of Representatives, that bill passed the House of Representatives March third, twenty twenty one, by a vote of two twenty to two twelve. All the Republicans voted against the damn bill. And the one Republican who did vote for it said he made a mistake and he tweeted he was going to change his vote. So let me get this straight. You're going to let the people who consistently vote against your own interests take back control of the House and the Senate? See, we don't understand this the process of follow-through after the election is over with. And this is why I encourage everybody and my listeners of the African History Network show, go to congress.gov, congress.gov, because at congress.gov, all these bills that you say that you want passed, you can, one, read a summary of the bill. Two, more importantly, you can see who voted for the bill and who voted against the bill. So if your members of the House of Representatives or your two members of the U.S. Senate keep consistently, overwhelmingly voting for bills that you advocate for, why the hell would you let them get voted out of office? Because most likely they're, they're going to be replaced by somebody who's against your interests. And then if people, if you have members of the House or Senate that keep voting against your own interests, you got to vote their asses out of office. So we don't understand a lot of these simple things. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of folks uh, don't get it, but that's one of the reasons why we are here, because we're going to keep making uh, it plain for people to understand. All right, folks, we're we go, go, going to a break. We come back, we're going to take your phone calls. Uh, you want to uh, share your thoughts about any of these stories? Give us a call uh, right here, folks, uh, on Roland Martin Unfiltered. The number to call is 202. 202. Let's show it, please. All right, then. Uh, graphic machine uh, froze. Uh, there we go. 890-1199. 202-890-1199. Uh, so I'm going to take your phone calls and we come back after this next break. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network.
pull up a chair, take your seat. The Black Tape with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network. Every week, we'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network. My name is Charlie Wilson. Hi, I'm Sally Richardson-Whitfield. And I'm Dodger Whitfield. Hey, everybody, this is your man Fred Hammond, and you're watching Roland Martin, my man, unfiltered. Alexis D. Ware has been missing from Anderson, South Carolina since January 30th. She's believed to be in danger. Her car was found on the third, on um, about 80 miles away uh, uh, in McCormick County, South Carolina. She's five feet, five inches tall, weighs 230 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. The mother of two has multiple piercings and tattoos. Anyone with information about Alexis D. Ware should call the Anderson County Sheriff's Office at 864 260 4405 again uh, 864-260-4405 all right folks uh, we're gonna go to the phone lines take some of your calls here uh whatever you want to talk about uh, here's a number to call uh 202-890 uh pull it up please one was it uh, 1199 202-890-1199 202-890-1199 hey if you remember the bring the funk fan club uh you can get priority uh, to be able to comment. Hey, it's called Membership Has Its Privileges. And so that's how we're going to do this thing. Let's go to, uh, let's see here, Marcus Goodner, Dallas, Texas. What's up, Marcus? How you doing? Marcus? Marcus, are you there? Is Marcus there? Marcus, you there? All right, hold tight one second. Um, we'll, so we'll let me know when we get to uh, go to the. Uh, you know what? Let's do this here. So y'all, y'all get the caller straight. Uh, let me go to crazy ass white people. You know, Michael Kelly and Matt, I keep warning these folks, if you act a fool on these planes, uh, it's not going to go well for you, okay? Uh, an unruly airline passenger, well, he ain't got a job today because he decided to call a black Delta flight attendant the N-word. Chaos ensued after the Delta flight attendant asked the passenger to put on a mask. Witnesses say the request prompted a hostile response that left the attendant speechless. The unnamed man, who used to work with an Omaha software company, Builder Trend, got fired. The company's CEO shared the following statement. Builder Trend has always been and will continue to be an inclusive and principal partner to our communities, customers, and people. Since learning Monday of reports involving our employees, we have been actively investigating the incident 
internal and external parties to learn as much as possible so that we can take appropriate action. We take these accounts of unacceptable behavior extremely seriously based on actions that do not align with builder trends values and standards of conduct. One employee has been terminated. We continue to investigate the incident and are working diligently to determine all requisite next steps. See, I, look, Kelly, I, I keep telling these folks, if y'all get on these planes and show your ass, <laughs> we got all of this. And guess what? The moment they show your picture, Twitter, black Twitter, y'all, they better than a Columbo. They gonna track your ass down. They gonna find your Facebook page. I mean, you know, if you got AI, artificial intelligence, I'm gonna start calling this VI, black intelligence, cause they gonna chase that ass down, gonna expose you, and you are gonna be out of a job every time. I mean, and it makes sense though, right? Because this is more than just you in a one-on-one -on -one altercation with someone and you move about your way. You have something within you that is so insidious, such vitriol within you that there's no doubt that that trickles into whatever line of work that you have. So it makes sense that a company would not want someone so toxic in the workplace, regardless of whether we know their name or not. So I applaud this company, because if I'm if I'm correct, this guy is anonymous. We don't know exactly who he is. But the fact of the matter is, he's he no longer has a job. And frankly, if you you know play dumb games, you get dumb prizes. But further, this also brings up the conversation about who should and should not be on a no-fly list. If you are on a plane and you are making a, that plane, the entire plane, a toxic environment for flying and a dangerous environment for flying because you're attacking flight attendants. Flying is a privilege. This is not a right. So if you are one of those people, keep in mind that, you know, we might be on the track to putting you on a no-fly list because you're acting that stupid and compromising the safety of more than just yourself, more than just the flight attendant, but the pilot and everybody else on board. So, you know, good riddance. I, I, look, I, I keep telling these folk, Matt, hey, Go, go on and act the fool. <laughs> go ahead. I'm telling you. Every time this happens, I absolutely believe we can end black unemployment. Every time one of these white folk get fired for acting the fool, we should have black folks flood the, the company with applications. I, I'm with you. And let me first commend the sister that worked for Delta Airlines for demanding that the other passengers who made her uncomfortable also not return to the plane. Because this is my understanding, it was a group of people. And when they tried to get back on the plane, some of them, she expressed her displeasure, understandably, and they were not allowed to, to get back on the plane. So first, shout outs to her. Number two, you really have to be an idiot to wear your company's emblem on the mask when you're using the N-word. This person would still have a job if they weren't so brazen. And I think that ultimately speaks to you know, the character of a lot of these people, not only are they clearly racist, but they're so brazen to think that there won't be any consequences, despite your fact and your point, that so many people have lost their jobs behind liked conduct when black Twitter and black intelligentsia found out who it was and blasted their information all over God's green earth. So that brazenness here got them bit in the ass, as it should. I'm saying let's go after all of them, Michael. Everybody.
<laughs> I agree. I agree. You know, keep your cell phones charged up. And, um, you know, in this situation right here, uh, the other thing is, see, this is that liquid courage. Alcohol is going to get you in trouble every time, okay? Uh, it, the person was drunk and uh, allegedly called uh, the flight attendant the N-word. The flight attendant was uh, asked uh, some of the people on the flight, there was a group of them, uh, to put their masks on, okay? But there were some people uh, with this idiot who used the N-word. They had the Build a Trend logo on their masks also, and this is how they were tracked down. So, uh, but, you know, once again, this deals with this whole white supremacist uh, culture, where a lot of these people think they can just do whatever they want to with with impunity, and yep. no, no, you 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 ain't gonna get away with it. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. That, that's exactly what's going on. So uh, I'm just keep saying, y'all act a fool. Guess what? You're gonna get mm -hmm. jacked. You're gonna get jacked. All right, go to the phone lines. We got everything's taken out. So uh, Marcus, uh, Marcus Goodner from Dallas, you're there. Sir, how you doing? There we how go. You doing, doing great. What's on your mind? All right. Um, I just had a question about the young man who um, got shot at by those nuts, uh, the FedEx employees. Yeah. Um, do you think it would uh, be a good idea if the black employees nationwide for, at work for FedEx did like a sick out? Where they, you know, called in sick to, uh, to protest how they treated the young man. Look, I mean, those, those things have actually happened. Uh, you know, we've seen examples, Matt, where uh, cops uh, upset when one of them gets charged and they do sick outs. We've seen it in Baltimore uh, and Chicago. So uh, it's about sending a message uh, to the company. I think that's right. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't FedEx based in, in Memphis? Yep. So if that's correct, um, I think that could be particularly impactful right there in their, you know, central location, their headquarters. So I think that's a good idea. And I think if, you know, people galvanize behind and stand behind this brother, that would really get their attention because it's absurd that they sent him back on the same route after this happened. Yeah. And, you know, it's demonstrated. That's just ridiculous. So I think uh, your your point is, is well taken, Marcus. Annette in Indianapolis. Annette, what's on your mind? <clears throat> Annette? Hello? Oh, this is still... This is still Marcus. Okay, Marcus. Uh, I appreciate it, Marcus. Thanks a lot for calling. All right. Yes. Okay, Annette? Yes. Hi, Martin. I just want to tell you thank you very much. You're doing a good work. Keep up the good job. You and your co-workers, and I love you so much. Bye. I appreciate it, Annette. Thanks a lot for calling. All right, uh, let's okay. thank, thank you very much. Uh, Mark Easterling, Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey, Mark, you on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Hello, Roland. Um, hi. Um, yes, I want to say, Alex, thank you for uh, what you've been doing. I've been listening to you from the days that um, CNN to TV One, and you just on point with just about everything. And um, I was thinking of uh, the story um, when you was talking about the, the woman yesterday that passed into jail. Mm -hmm. This is exactly why um, the why that um, that we need to watch your show because you are very informative on all every issue that you can think of. And um, I, I, I I I just um, love what you're doing and uh, just uh, keep on doing it. Oh yeah, my brother got to say something too. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, uh, Roland? Yeah. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Go ahead. Oh, man. Roland the Fee. I, I, I too love your show, man. Um, you know that new show you got, uh, Roland with Roland? Yep. Our one-on-one -on -one interview show. Yeah, love it. Oh, yeah, I love that show. I mean, I love the interviews, man. Well, but, uh, the, the, the thing is, um, yeah, um, now there's a couple of people that I wish that, that, that you've gotten to. Um, one is Morgan Freeman and uh, James Earl Jones. Well, we're working on it. I've never met James Earl Jones. We did have Morgan Freeman on the show talking about uh, a, uh, a movie that he was in. We had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but uh, certainly uh, yeah. definitely want to make it happen where we can do a much longer one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, the next Rolling with Roland is going to be on Wednesday. I'm talking to Michelle Roberts, the first black woman to ever lead uh, a professional uh, players union. Uh, she's the former executive director of the National Basketball Players Association. She just stepped down, retired in January. Uh, so it's a fascinating conversation. So be sure to check that out on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, the reason I talk about the... We don't talk about James Earl Jones because he's getting up there in years. And I know. I want to come and answer. I want to come and answer before you get to him. I, I would love to get to him. I've never met him, so I would love to have the conversation. Mark, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. I appreciate it, Dirk, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, let me go to uh, Kalinda Lee. Kalinda, we'll say North Carolina. Kalinda, you're on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. What's up? Hi, um, I'm one, I want to say thank you. Um, I've been a fan forever, but I have two questions. One, um, have you ever thought about having moderators in your YouTube um, chat room? Because uh, we have a lot of racist people in there. I do have, we do have a moderator, uh, but uh, we are looking at uh, adding uh, a couple of more moderators. So that's one thing we are looking at. But here's the deal, though. That's also a, that's also a function uh, of having uh, additional staff as well. So, but that's one of the things that we are talking about. Yep. Okay. And the second thing is, have you ever thought about maybe a meet and greet for your Roland Martin um, fan club? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. We would love to do meet and greets. The problem is COVID has impacted that. Uh, and so we would, we would love to do that. Uh, I've actually uh, done it in a couple of cities. This was when we first launched, uh, but COVID has actually impacted that in a great way. So uh, as we are moving forward, hopefully it, the more people get vaccinated, the more people who are, you know, practicing safe distancing, we're seeing a drop off uh, that's going to happen. So absolutely, we want to make that happen. And so when we've done our show from location, like when we were in Chicago, people have actually come by the show and actually uh, sort of uh, participated in, uh, in watching one of the live broadcasts. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Okay, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Uh, uh, let's go to Lewis Lyon in Baltimore, Maryland. Hey, Lewis, how you doing? How you doing, bro? Uncle Ro, can you hear me? Yes, sir, you're on the air. Go ahead, what's your comment? Oh, uh, yes, I'm... Uh... The last name is Lang uh, from Miss Manway. I wanted to comment on uh, the story you did yesterday about the young woman dying in prison. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Tanisha Campbell. Only you, yeah, only you, and only you will report on a story like that. I actually uh, shared the, um, the whole clip onto my Melanated People page. And they'd be like, why wow, I did not know that. That is why we need to be watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Screw the feelings and all of that. Look, you are the only news section I even give two cracks about. 
Thank you so much. I Revolution. Louis, I appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Uh, you know, the, 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 thing, the thing here, uh, uh, Michael, when we, when we think about uh, a, 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 lot, a lot of these stories, part of the issue is when, uh, you, when you don't have one follow-up, but also for mainstream media, it has to, it has to rise to a certain level. So basically, mm-hmm. the black outrage has to exist on social in order for people to go, oh, maybe now we're going to cover that story. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why African-American-owned media is so important, not just African-American-targeted, but African-American-owned media, so we can make those decisions. Uh, Somebody can call us and we can cover those stories, one. But two, this is why you have to have a a two-pronged strategy. It just can't be one strategy. This is why also you have to have African-American producers and executive producers at these networks, at these cable networks, not just hosts, but people who can determine content uh, of these shows as well so we can get that message out on multiple platforms. But this is extremely important. That's why it's important. All the people that say we need to build our own, that's why it's important to support uh, uh, the Black Star Media Network. Uh, absolutely. All right, we're going to take uh, a couple more phone calls before we go to break. Uh, Cantus Mahan, Richmond, Virginia. Cantus, you're on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Good evening, Roland. Good evening, Sorry, panel. Is, is, Hope everybody is, is doing okay. Is, is that Candace or Cantus? It's, it's Candace. Okay, gotcha. All right, go right ahead. Um, good evening. I hope everybody is doing well. I just wanted to say thank you so much for the stories you cover. Um, it really has been such a great enhancement to my life. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the contributors. Um, I want to give a special shout-out to Dr. Malvo and Dr. Carr. I love y'all. Y'all can adopt me. Um, so I'm looking around the studio, Mr. Martin, and I'm trying to see where can we make an HBCU wall? Like you have a um, wall for HBCU um, paraphernalia. You know, that was me on your Instagram. You were looking real good in that orange and blue. So we should keep that up. <laughs> well, 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 we have we have a lot of murals up, and so uh, it would front wall space is taken. Uh, so there is a possibility if we do one. Well, probably, well one of the things I'm gonna do because uh, I do have this here. So we have we have different artifacts up here. So I've got. Uh, a number of uh, hats that HBCUs uh, have given me. So probably what I can do is I can probably uh, put some of those on the shelving here as well. Some, some of these awards uh, we've gotten. It. Uh, we, we, when we did the tour in here and when the uh, in the in our kitchen, uh, three of the, there are three there are three of the honorary degrees that I've received. actually I've gotten six, but three of the ones that we have uh, are from uh, HBCUs. And so so we have HBCU stuff sort of all over. So there's no no one particular place. And so we've got awards down the hallway. We've got some other stuff on, on the wall there. Uh, and so, uh, and, and, and we're, still, we're still adding to uh, the studio. And so we're still adding pieces to it. So that's all possible. But remember, that's also why we're the gear. So by wearing the gear on the show, you're also seeing it uh, as well. That's true. All right. Well, keep up the good work, and I appreciate everything you do. Take care. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Let's go to, let's see here. Uh, Richard Ware. Richard is in, um, uh, Richard is in Dallas. Richard, what's up? Yeah. Hey, Roland. Yep. How you doing, brother Roland? Great. 
How are you? Yeah, I, I'm I'm in Dallas, Texas, but I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and I'm also a good friend of Wayne Walker. Oh. And I just got to come in and represent. Go ahead. Because uh, you guys, you guys dragged them through the mud there, especially the sister on your show. <clears throat> I'm talking about his appearance. Uh, and oh, you, uh, you mean I don't think she could. Yeah, I don't think she should be talking like that. He's a handsome brother, and so am I. We're also educated, <laughs> and, and we're we're very respectful of the sisters. We love our sisters. He can only be okay? but so respectful talking like that online. He only asked a question. He asked a question. Well, why now, even ask a question? question? It had nothing to do answer. with him. What was inappropriate about it? It's social media. It's free speech. You're a lawyer, right? Supposedly? Free speech so. or not, you are still policing a woman's body that you have no control over regardless. He didn't and police her body. He didn't, he didn't stop her from wearing whatever she wanted to wear. She wore it, and he not, commented. Not, that was not it, what and I'm he saying. asked the question. But here's the deal, though. Okay, all right. So, so you say it, it, it was free speech. Yeah, yeah. But here's the deal. Free speech also has consequences, meaning you can ask a question on social media and folk sure. gonna respond. So... Absolutely, so, absolutely. So, so what happened was he... No, he, he, here's what happened. Here's what happened, Richard. He asked the question. Yes, sir. He got an answer. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, he got an answer. And guess it what? It was a critique. It was a critique characterizes. You won't get an answer. Oh. And at the same time, you won't, you won't bring up the, the subject matter and you won't enlighten people or you won't enhance people's knowledge of misogynism, as you, as you call it. I don't think no, no, it was no, misogynism. Actually, actually, actually no, no, Richard, here's why I disagree. Here's why I disagree. Because uh, y'all go ahead and pull it up. So I ask questions all the time, okay? And so one of the things that you do when you ask a question, you might want to add a little bit more to it so people sure. understand why you're asking the question. So, right. uh, so I've done it. I've posted things. And so when you... No, that's, that's, that's not it, y'all. Thank you. That's it. So, no, no, yeah, this, so th this is the wrong one. No, okay, but that's the wrong one. So... What he so uh, that's that was this this one right here is is the, the guy Justin he was responding to him so when when he when he posed the when he when he when he asked the question <laughs> he said Sydney Carter mm -hmm. women's basketball coach is her outfit appropriate as a basketball coach now right. even if you can ask that question the problem is when you write something on social media no one knows knows tone. No one knows. Mm -hmm. That's true. No one knows That's context. No, 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 no. So what you have to do is you have to actually provide that in your, mm -hmm. in your question so people won't assume that you're judging. Okay. Well, you know what they say about assuming. Everybody has one. But Richard, again... Can I take this Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come right to you, but Richard, again... My advice to Wayne, as somebody who does this all the time, when you're asking a question, never leave it so wide open or people will assume what your motive is. You better make it real clear. Kelly, go. For me, it's not even about assuming. As someone who is on social media all the time and gets into intellectual debates all the time, more or less,
less because that's my job. The issue that I personally had with that post, because I saw the post, the original post come up on my feed. And the issue that I have with it isn't the fact that it's just a question, is that your friend thinks it's just a question. She was dressed appropriately for the event that she was attending, which is her job. Why do you think that you have uh, space or room to talk about a, a, a person's outfit in which you have no idea the context in which she's in, in which she's there for? And specifically when it comes to black women in remotely stylish attire for work, it's like the minute that you see a curve, the minute that you see a hint of cleavage, the minute that you see anything that you might find sexually attractive on any level, all of a sudden, it's inappropriate because your mind went somewhere else. Not because... It wasn't about... It wasn't else. about it being... It wasn't about it being... It was a question. It wasn't about it being it's sexually not attractive. Just a question. Because the brother it's not hold just on. A question. And, and, and and this this brings me to that comment that you made saying that he looks like a Q tip. The brother is handsome. My brother, I've been knowing him for all my life. We're both we're all handsome and, and, and educated. That was Beauty an angry black woman. If you wanna Everybody if you wanna quote think unquote I'm cute say either. black it's women, fine. if you wanna use that, if you wanna use that 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 thread, that that energy, I think that, that comment was a, a black woman an angry black woman the comment that wasn't appropriate to me it and wasn't the comment that your friend made was entirely misogynistic and that's why he asked the question he asked the question but richard but richard but richard understand that is not just a question is the misogyny but richard hold on hold on hold on richard 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 hold on hold on richard richard hold on Richard, 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 hold on. Richard, you're still talking. Hold on, Richard. I'm going to let you respond. Just hold on. Here's the point that I think that you're missing. When he says Sidney Carter, women's basketball coach, is her outfit appropriate as a basketball coach? What that, here's what that says. So do you think it's not appropriate? So, the, so you're raising the question... Why? Why are you? No, right? You're asking. No, no, you're no, asking no, no, two no, questions. No, 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 no. Hold on. You're hold asking. On. You're you're asking three questions, and essentially because you said, "Is it not appropriate?" So then you can on. ask, so "Is it appropriate?" So and if, then you can ask, "Why?" But, but here's the deal. Though. Why is it appropriate, so or why it, not? So, so there's it, four. So, does he think it's appropriate or not? Yes or no? He he. I, when I spoke to him, he didn't really think much of it. He just. Asked because when he saw it, he was like, hmm, okay, well, do you think that this is appropriate? Stop, right and there, so right there, right there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You said he saw it, he went, hmm, do you think this is appropriate? Which means... I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not quoting him, and I wasn't there when he did, when he... No, 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 Richard, 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 let me... But, but Richard, speaking Richard, with him, I'm, and I'm, speaking Richard, with him... I'm unpacking. It wasn't meant but Richard, to be... Richard. It wasn't meant to be um, negative. But, Richard, I'm unpacking. It wasn't meant to be negative no, Richard, or a, bashful. It wasn't hold on, bashful. hold on, hold on. See, Richard, Richard, here's the deal, though. Here's how you flip it. I saw this photo. I think she looks great. But do you think it's appropriate? I think she does great. No, 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 no. You I think no, she does great. You didn't listen. He, he Richard, does too. Richard, you didn't listen to what I just said. But, no, 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 hold up. Listen, this is what he didn't do. If he saw, if he saw the photo and said, wow, look at this coach. I think she looks great. Do you think 
it's appropriate. Now what you've done is you provided okay. context. Now what you're doing is you, you might be purposely asking the question to elicit a response. I, do, I have this thing called random question of the day where I'll do that. And so people respond, it's just a random question of the day, but it's how you ask. The point I'm stating, again, when, a per when people don't know your intent, social media will see it and then will assume, look, I, look, I know what that's like when I cracked on a Super Bowl commercial in 2012 and I was cracking on it because it was a soccer player and it was taken as I was attacking gay people. I got suspended <laughs> from seeing it for five weeks. People attacking me, all kind of stuff, and it had nothing to do with gay people. But again, people, when, with the difference with social media, you can ask something, but what you don't control is how a person infers what you mean. They mm -hmm. can say, you're implying mm -hmm. this. And so that's, sure. what ha that's what happened with Wayne. So I think he learned a, a big lesson. Yeah, well, I, I, I hope you give him the same platform at least at some point. I, hey, I, I, look, I sent him a tweet. And said, uh, you, you know, to no, defend no, Richard, himself. Richard, Richard, Richard I, said, <laughs> I responded to him on Twitter. I said, do you want to come on and have a conversation about it? He didn't respond. <laughs> I know, I know. He so told I, me. No, 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 but you he said. Told me, he told me. He's pontificating that. He is, he is, he, he's fine. He's fine. He's thinking about it. Yeah, okay. But at the same time, when, well, when I saw this show, he hasn't if, seen it yet. If he, he hasn't if, seen this show yet. Well, here's the deal. But he's going to watch if, it this if, evening uh, because he's had a, a previous engagement. Uh, uh, but he's going to watch this show, and he may respond to you. Well, here's the deal, though. <laughs> uh, directly or, or indirectly. Hey, hey, here's the deal. He, he I ain't afraid to have a conversation. All right, but you don't got to go. I ain't afraid of that smoke either. I appreciate it. No, 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 hold on. First, you said he ain't afraid of that smoke. Now, see, now, see, now, Richard, it's a whole different conversation. Because, <laughs> uh, see, Richard, see, Richard, let me help you right there. I said I ain't afraid to have that conversation. You said he ain't afraid of that smoke. Richard, if I bring smoke, his ass should be afraid. So, so my advice, he should accept the conversation. Now, if he wants smoke, my advice, don't ask for an ass whooping because you might get it. So let him know, like, like, just let him know. So don't throw smoke because when you say smoke, it's like when Bernie Mac said, oh, you assume a different position. He said, I know what that position is. You don't want that one. Wayne, I want just had a conversation. All right, Richard, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, I'm gonna take uh, one. I'm gonna take one more caller. Let me see here. Um, all right, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna hold the callers. I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna go to a break. I got one more break. Let me knock the break out. Then I'll be back right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network.
leverage that the players have is that we cannot be replaced. These are the best basketball players on the planet. The league can't say, okay, you're all fired. We're going to get some more. And who's watching that, right? The dance is to make it not worth their while to lock us out. No one's making any money if you try locking these men out. And I said to Adam, you know, I don't mind a fight. That's what I do. Y'all want to lose all this money. Y'all want to swing? Right, let's do that. And, you know, there are some things you can say are unacceptable, and I think I can probably believe it. But when I say that there's something unacceptable, you should also believe it. At the end of the day, I know my guys aren't going to make any money if you lock us out. But you know what else? You're not either. Good job, good pay, good life. Would you be willing to walk away from it to achieve real wealth? Well, that's exactly what this woman did. And boy, did it pay off. Once you make the decision that this is the direction that you're going to go in, I do believe that there's power in having a decided heart. Hear her story on the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach on Black Star Network. Hi, this is Essence Atkins. Hey, I'm Deion Cole from Blackish. Hey, everybody, this is your man Fred Hammond, and you're watching Roland Martin, my man, Unfiltered. talk about the great resignation and one of the professions being hit the hardest is teaching. Teachers are quitting at alarming rates for a variety of reasons, which includes abandoning the classroom, burnout, lack of resources, low pay, and also, of course, all the back and forth when it comes to COVID. A new poll by the National Education Association, the country's largest teachers union, found 90% of teachers surveyed experienced burnout and 55% plan to leave the profession sooner because of the pandemic. Joining me now from Charlotte, North Carolina, is educator and author, Dr. Tommy A. Watson. Uh, Dr. Watson, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, my brother? Uh, doing great. So, all right, so how do, we, how, do, how do we slow this down, stop it, reverse it? Because, um, you know, one of the things that I've heard for, you know, perfect example, my, my brother uh, taught, an executive chef, working in the school, decided to teach, and frankly was frustrated because he wanted to get paid based upon his worth, and... They literally said, well, you know, the system that is set up is really based upon seniority uh, and, like, essentially, you work for a number of years and you get your money down the line when it comes to pension. This generation ain't rolling with that. No, not, not at all. And it's a struggle right now. You know, uh, Roland, even prior to the pandemic, the uh, education enterprise was struggling with getting educators into the system. And now as we look um, and go out and look at the education enterprise, we're seeing that more and more of our black teachers in particular are leaving the enterprise. And what you what you see is... Being a teacher is very, very difficult because, you know, teachers do a lot with lesson plans, grading. They're, they're asked to do a lot. Uh, on top of that, you throw COVID in there. On top of that, as an African-American teacher that only makes up, African-American teachers makes up 7% of teaching enterprise. In those schools, typically African-American teachers have to be advocates for our black kids because those are the kids who are being suspended, suspended more often than the other kids. Those are the kids who aren't getting access to the high-level classes so those black teachers have to become advocates for those black kids in those schools, which means it causes some dissension between them and their colleagues. And what we're finding over and over again, 
uh, for the reasons many of black professionals are leaving is because many of them are also feeling isolated in those environments, uh, Roland. So there are a lot of things that we have to do to, to counter that. And, you know, when it comes to retention in our schools, we have to start providing opportunities for um, more diversity and cultural training. And we can't simply leave it on the black teachers. The black teacher can't teach everyone in the district or the building why it's important to love on black kids just like you love on the white kids. Right. You also have. Go ahead. I'm sorry. How do we fix it? How do we change it? I mean, you know, how to make that adjustment? Well, you know, we, we have to as a, as a as a district. I mean, there's some districts that are doing this very well. Uh, the whole concept of cultural competence can't just simply be something that happens at the building level, it has to happen at the, uh, the system level and be supported by everyone in the system. So, you know, those districts that are doing it and doing it well, we're seeing that they are becoming more open to hiring more African-Americans. They're going to the HBCUs and recruiting from those schools and seeing the value of having our black teachers in the school. And, and, and when we're going to those HBCUs, it's not just about going there, picking up kids, you know, to come be teachers but creating a genuine relationship with those uh, with those colleges as well. You know, advertising those colleges to not only your black students in the district, but all students, all teachers should know about those things. And then, you know, we have to also increase, increase opportunities for more African-Americans to be able to be in the pipeline of the educational enterprise at the HR level, at the superintendent level, at the uh, district um, uh, curriculum level. So when hiring takes place, those folks are at the table. Because one of the things we're seeing at the NFL right now, Roland, is that not enough African-Americans are at the table when the hiring decisions are taking place. So we're, we're losing out on a lot of talent because we don't have those African-Americans at, at the table. And then, you know, giving those teachers a chance, Roland, to see that there are opportunities beyond the classroom is going to be very, very important. Because, again, like you just mentioned for your brother, teacher pay, unfortunately, is not very high. But as they, as they evolve in the educational enterprise, the pay increases tremendously. So that can be very, very inspiring and hopeful to a lot of the educators out there. And then also, you know, you and I are both uh, members of fraternities, um, Omega Psi Five Fraternity Incorporated, shout out. Um, you know, getting those folks in the school building. That's cute, to, that's, that's, that's cute little youth group. <laughs> you know, we gotta get those folks in the, in the classroom. We gotta get the alpha men in the classroom to support those, um, those educators out there who are struggling. Because again, Roland, many of them are feeling very, very isolated in the system and uh, burned out. Questions for a uh, panel. First up, uh, Matt. So my question, Dr. Watson, is we've seen teachers and education become extremely politicized during the pandemic, um, just in a way that I think is, is ruinous. But notwithstanding that, my question for you is, what have you seen unions do in response to that? How are unions supporting teachers and pushing back against a lot of that negative politicization that we see of the teaching profession right now? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I think at this point, I think many of them are still scrambling to try to figure it out because during the pandemic, we had the pandemic taking place. We had the social unrest taking place. So there, there's been a lot of scrambling taking place around the country. And I'm not sure that the, the, the districts and the unions have actually figured that out as of yet. Great question. Kelly. What do you think is going to be the next trend? when it comes to teachers and education? Because what I'm seeing right now is a lot of pushback on, frankly, getting things taught that need to be taught, such as history, such as different ways of doing math. Common Core doesn't need to be the only one. And there's a reason why teachers are so burnt out. It's beyond just, you know, the COVID-related issues. It's 
It's the overcrowding. It's the politics. It's the administration. It's so much. And frankly, I don't blame them. So what do you think is going to is is the next step after that? What what is the trend to either combat this or get past it? Yeah, you know, and that's a great question as well. You know, I, I think right now we have we have really pushed teachers in the midst of um, No Child Left Behind to focus so much on testing and the end result that there's been a strain in the relationships. So what I would like to see the next trend to take place, Kelly, would to be more focused on relationships because we know that when those students have access to great teachers who actually care about them, uh, our students do well. Yes, testing is important. Yes, knowing math and reading is important. However, those relationships are just as important. So we're hearing a lot of talk about the um, social and emotional needs of the students being addressed. And I think that's very, very important because not only are those needs needing to be met for the students, they also need to be met for the educators who are serving the students as well. Because when those kids come to the building with issues, those issues become the issues of the, of the um, teachers and support staff as well. So I think that's gonna be one of the trends that we have to move to a place where taking care of the, the, the mental health and, 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 and social needs of both the students and the teachers, if that makes sense. All right, let's go to uh, Michael. Michael, your question. Hey, thanks, Dr. Watson. Uh, my question, and uh, Kelly and Matt hit on a little bit, my, my, my question is dealing with critical race theory and this false attack on critical race theory, but especially during the month of February, which is African American History Month, Black History Month, because I'm seeing stories like out of Alabama and other places where Black History Month uh, lessons are being uh, attacked and saying, oh, they're teaching critical race theory. How do we move forward with this? Because this can become very discouraging to people Absolutely. who may want to uh, take up the teaching profession. How do we move forward with this? Absolutely. I, I think we cannot let our uh, foot up off the, um, off the gas. I think we have to continue to teach it. We have to be willing to stand up and address uh, those individuals who have an issue with it. Um, because there are a lot of things that are taught in school that have been controversial, and this shouldn't even be controversial, you know? Uh, a matter of empowering uh, young people, whether it be black and white across the board, they should know about this type of history. So I think what we cannot do is allow um, these political agendas to um, force our teachers to be um, become afraid and stop teaching those things. And our teachers need the support of the outside communities. We, they need support of our other political figures who are um, supporting them in that. They need the support of our teachers, they need, I mean, excuse me, of our parents, um, as well as our students to let them know, hey, we, we want to know about that subject matter and we're not backing down no matter what, you, what, you're, what you're talking about. All right, then. Well, look, we certainly appreciate it, Dr. Wils Watson. If folks want to assist, want to help, how can they reach you? Absolutely. They can contact me at tawatson.com. We're going to be hosting a town hall meeting here um, on February 23rd to talk more about this issue. We're going to be hearing from students parents, uh, educators, employers, because this is an issue that doesn't just simply um, isolate itself to teachers. There's a lot of folks who need to be involved in this, and we'd love to have people kind of go to my website, tawatson.com, and reach out to us and participate in this conversation so that we can support all teachers in being successful and doing the work that they need to do. All right, then. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right, folks, uh, our final uh, story of the day. Y'all remember last night uh, we uh, talked, showed you this video uh, of a sister who was had a couple of words to say about uh, her inability to play spades. Y'all remember this? To say one thing. Listen, if you that serious 
about the about the spades game, don't ask me to play. Now I just got kicked the fuck up out of my grandma house, my own grandma house, at family game night, cause I didn't know I had a dime. Listen, I need y'all to understand. Everybody don't know how to play that shit. Who even invented the game spades? They don't even play that at the casino. That's not even a real game. Motherfucker wanna uncousin me now. Cause I, first of all, what is even the word renege? Like, where did that even come from? That sound racist as fuck to me. And the crazy part is, we ain't even playing for no money. We just playing for bragging rights. I said I wasn't never doing that shit again last year when my strong ass cousin broke my from my table, slamming the card down on the table. Cause what you got to be so aggressive for? Just ruined my goddamn night. Just made me so mad for real. Cause how you that mad about a spades game? Everybody don't know how to play spades. I'm one of them people. And don't ask me to play again cause I'm ain't playing. Oh man, that shit is, that's, that's an abomination under God for y'all blood pressure to get that fucking high over a car game. Y'all don't even go that hard on Uno. Fuck they mean, get out, get out. This my grandma house. I left though, but still, that's my grandma house. And she ain't say nothing. Straight up, for real. If it ain't deuces, don't ask me to play. I ain't playing spades, I ain't playing catfish, goldfish, whatever the fuck it's called, I ain't playing nothing but deuces. That's it or Uno. Like I'm really trying to figure out what possessed my cousin to punch the wall. Why did you punch the wall? Somehow you ain't see the, the what led, what, what does that even mean? Cuz threw out the king of diamond. My other cuz threw out the two of diamond. My other cuz threw out the eight of diamond. I ain't had no diamond, I didn't think. So I threw out the three of spades. You snap cause I threw out the three of spades. Cuz come right back, play another diamond. I see, oh shit damn, I did have a diamond, boom. I put my diamond on the table. You know what I'm saying? This motherfucker flipped the whole table over. I don't even understand what, what, what we went wrong. What the fuck? I mean that shit from the bottom of my empty heart. If y'all finna get real emotional about playing a game of spades, don't ask me to play. I ain't playing. What the fuck? Shit. Now I'm hungry. All the nachos over there. Chicken, Italian beef. Ain't shit here for me to eat. Y'all don't kick me out of my grandma's house. I couldn't even get a fucking plate. <laughs> All right, joining us now, she goes by the name Funny Ass Tierra from Chicago. Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. All right, then. So, so let everybody know. Okay, was that for real, real, or was that one of your funny videos? So it's it's somewhat for real. What does um, that mean? It was family game night. I did mess up playing spades, but they didn't kick me out. They, they, everybody snapped, but they didn't kick me out, and I, I was able to get it to go play. So, so <laughs> you, you, you were, you were doing your funny, you were doing your thing. Uh, Kelly can't can't control herself because uh, she, <laughs> she, she, she can't control herself at all. <laughs> uh, when we played, when we, when I, I saw the video, Earthquake posted on his page. Uh -huh. uh, I posted up on we played last night. People in the chat are absolutely cracking up. So, uh, and, and, and one of the reasons why they're laughing so much because a lot of people identify with it. Those of us who know how to play spades <laughs> have run up against folk like you who screw uh -huh. shit up. <laughs> it's so embarrassing because every time I say that, even like at different gatherings, people be like, you can't play spades. And I don't know exactly where I get lost. Like, I think I get lost 
once I get too deep into the game and I, I think I got, you know, I got this shit down and then I play something stupid and everybody mad and foaming at the mouth, so. <laughs> but, 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 but see, but if you truly deep into the game, then you fully are aware of cards and how they move and what got played and what's likely to spill out. I mean, that's the thing. You you got to concentrate when you play spades. Obviously, obviously. I'm telling you because me, what's it called, reneging? Almost had my cousin hit me and he a man. I said, you gonna hit me? Because <laughs> if you hit I'm calling the police. You're not gonna put your hands on me. Not about no spades game, baby. But, but, that, but, but get, look, I'm telling you right now, space is a serious thing. <laughs> I see. <laughs> but wait, I don't understand, like, when they say what led. Okay, I know now, obviously, because don't get, uh, put your shoulders back up, bro. Uncross your arms. <laughs> see, you get, you get worse than them. And my whole thing is, how are y'all going to tell me? Sit down, cuz. We going to show you, cuz. We got it. And I'm like, y'all remember what happened last year? They like, don't worry about it. We got it. I, I mess up, and y'all get all in your feelings box. Like, what's going on? My grandma didn't say nothing. She just let the whole house go in on me. They calling me bald head. Like, all types of stuff. I'm like, y'all tripping, for real. It ain't even but, that serious. But talking trash is a part of spades. Yeah, I don't like that part. I, I ain't with that part. How the hell you a co Okay, are you an actual <laughs> comedian? I, I am. I'm a stand-up comedian. Born so, and bred here in Chicago. So how are you a stand-up comedian and you ain't talking trash in spades? Because I want no, that work. Talking trash in spades is what? That was at, that one. I was not at work. That was family game night. No, 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 no. You see, you don't, see, you don't understand. You don't understand. <laughs> I might be at work. Here's a perfect. Here's a here's a perfect example. Okay. I might be at work. Other day, Britney ass was on her phone on social media during the middle of the show. <laughs> I busted her ass in the middle of the show. Oh. <laughs> I didn't wait till the show was over and then say, Britney, come into my office. I said, Britney, put that goddamn phone down. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, Britney, put that damn so phone down. So even when we're not right. on the air, I crack on, look, I crack on people all the time. I don't understand, though. Shit talking goes to a whole nother level when you playing space. Yes! Everybody That's get off. Strong testosterone build up. Motherfuckers sweating in their pits. They slamming cards <laughs> down. Yes! I'm telling you, my grandma wall got a couple holes in it, and I guarantee they either came from Tunk, Big Whisk, or Spades. Look, I don't hit walls, but if you're gonna play spades, get your ass a real table. And really, it should be a card table. So that way, when you slam it down, the card, the table like jumps. Okay. I'm gonna I'm invest in one of those for my grandma. But I don't know if I'm going over there no time soon. That shit really hurt my feelings. <laughs> no, you need to go <laughs> practice. Mm -mm, I ain't practicing. Hold up. Don't you see that work on your routine? Don't you get on the stage? Let me, hold on, let, 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 me, let me work through some jokes. Let me refine my jokes so they ready. I get paid for that. We ain't even playing, and that's the thing. You ain't even playing space for money. No, Wait, this bragging I, I right. understand. Kelly, what you mean you understand? You can't play? Oh, no, I can play, but <laughs> I can play, but because look, you I'm look, he ready to jump down your throat. Right? <laughs> right? Hey, I, hey, I, look, I, I be snatching, sh look. I'm going to snatch your black card and your soul. You but you know what? With me, with me posting this video, 
this video got over two point some million views, and it's so many people in the comments saying that they can't play either. So I don't even feel bad about that. That means y'all need to go to no play Spain at no no playing Spades ass convention. <laughs> but y'all y'all need to have y'all need to have nationwide meetups. That we probably gonna have more fun than y'all. No playing space ass black people. We gonna be meeting at Buffalo Wild Wings, or we gonna be meeting at a soul food restaurant. And that's fine. And that's fine. We could play Kino. We could play Pekino. We could play Deuce. Her ass just say Pekino. Yeah, we could play. I, I mean, that's that's my favorite. I'm down for some Kino, baby. Don't, don't let this man <laughs> call you on his show and bully we you. We gotta play spades. Fuck that. I don't hold play up, hold up, Matt. Can your ass play spades? That's not the point, brother. No, 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 no. hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Answer the damn question. Can your ass play spades? Can you? No. Oh, see? Right there. See? Oh, see, right there? I, I knew, I knew you were Mike McDaniel, brother. I knew your ass was fraudulent. Right there, right there. <laughs> call that man All the damn law books behind you, and you can't play no damn spades. Hell, the Supreme Court ruled on that shit. I can't, I can't, I'm not gonna do it. I ain't, no, don't Mike, ask me to sit down and play. Now, Ma hold up, now Michael, your ass in Detroit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Can you play spades? Oh, I haven't, I haven't played, I used to be able to, I haven't played. God damn, oh, hell no. What the hell is I used to play spades? No, Mike, it's a simple ass question. Can your ass play spades or not? I used to play basketball and I stopped running with cats when I was 35 so I didn't blow an ACL. But put the basketball in my hand, my ass can still hoop. Now answer the goddamn question. Can you play spades or not? I probably don't let this man bully you, Mike. What'd you say, Mike? I was a month. I was a Stay strong. I, I probably can't. No, I haven't tried to no. play spades no. in 20 no, years. Don't say no silly ass shit like I probably. First of all, <laughs> how in the hell you have played spades in 20 years? You ain't been to no black parties? You ain't been to no black I family have. gatherings? Where the hell you I been? have. Mike. But I didn't play spades. Mike. I didn't play spades. I played Uno. This I can play poker. <laughs> I can play poker. Okay. Mike. But Mike. I ain't played spades. Mike. I can play chess. Mike. The kid I'm a very strong Mike. chess player. The kitty ass but table play Uno. <laughs> Mike, do you realize that Uno is the game? I can play poker. Do you do you realize Uno is the well, game? Let me, let me put it like this. Let me put it like this. Mike, Uno is the game little ass kids play when they can't uh -huh. play. Mike, let me explain to you the black the black escalation <laughs> of games. Okay, when it comes to cards. Right. See, clearly your ass don't know. Okay. I'm going to try to support group because no, this is ridiculous. No. I feel like we being bullied right now. I haven't tried no. to play spades. No. Funny ass, Tierra, let me help your ass out too. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's three damn card games. It's three. Mm -hmm. let, let me hear them. That are universal black games. One, <laughs> your ass start with Uno. Okay? Okay. Cards got you start with Uno. Okay? Your ass didn't go to spades. Mm -hmm. When you grown, your ass go to bed whist. Okay? Here we go. <laughs> so you ain't gonna throw deuces in there nowhere? No, 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 no. Say what? Deuces? Don't nobody play deuces? Girl, that's like some shit you play when it's just two of y'all. Spades is four of y'all. Okay? <laughs> okay? It's uno, it's uno, spades, bed whist. 
So what is this shit they was calling cutthroat? Because now they like, well, we're going to play cutthroat. What's cutthroat? Because that's spades. No, that's some Chicago shit. I don't know. Oh, okay. Because I know everybody, <laughs> it was like every man for themselves. No, that's spades. A, no, no, that, 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 that ain't spades. Spades, oh, is, okay. spades is two people. Matt, you know what the hell I'm talking about. Clearly, we Michael, clearly, we Michael, we you have been like <laughs> brain freeze. Or it was like 20 no, years I ago. I played spades years ago, but I played, you know, I, you know, I played what, poker. What kind of, what I played kind of poker. What do y'all have? What kind of hoop? Hey, they, they can play cards, you know. I played poker. I played now. I played strip poker more recently than I had spades. Michael, ain't that was like <laughs> I was like fifteen years Michael, ago. Ain't nobody okay? trying to see your butt naked <laughs> ass playing no poker. Ain't nobody stripping. No, in I spades. won. Ain't nobody stripping no, in Midwest. Midwest. Okay, if you playing strip Uno, that's in y'all. That's that's y'all weird ass family. All I'm saying. <laughs> that was a lot of information. Hey, oh no, all, that wasn't that wasn't a family event. Hey, all <laughs> that was hey, a family hey, event. All I'm saying here is this. Tia, I'm telling you right now, when we come back to Chicago, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead. We we need to be like a new, probably do a space tournament. I ain't coming to that shit. <laughs> Yo, no, you need you need to go sit your ass on black YouTube <laughs> and just for the whole weekend just watch some damn videos to learn mm -hmm. how to play damn space. I, I, I thought I was doing well. I didn't see the damn diamond. Hold like, on, how you not see the diamond? Because it's the way my, my hand hey, hold, hold on, let me get my damn deck of cards. I'll be right I here. had all oh. my reds right here, and I had all my blacks. So I thought that's that not how you do it. Right there. First of all, your ass just broke the damn rules right there. That's not how you organize your cards. Kelly, tell Kelly, her, her ass again. You're supposed to separate Kelly, it. tell her oh. ass again. Tell her again. If you don't organize it by color. You organize it by, by the symbols. Yeah. You know, club, spade, diamond. Kelly, what the hell you are you know. talking about? No, you don't. That's how I do no, it. No, no, Kelly, Kelly, you do. Oh, my book. I, I, Kelly, 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 This is why I be confused. No, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. You're organized by symbol and color. Matt, you don't know what the hell we talking about. So, his, so his, not, uh, Matt, Matt, stop talking. Stop talking. So, 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 you know what? Let me go and help you out. See, first of all, uh, Tierra, you see, I got some damn cards with me, okay? Okay. So, let me help you out, Tierra. You see this right here? Pretend we playing space. Let me come close to the camera. Come hey, on. You see this right here? Mm-hmm. Okay. These right here are spades. Right. Then what you do is you put your diamonds or your hearts, right? You go black, red. Then you go your clubs. You got clubs. Black, then you go hearts, red. See? Red, black, red, black. You break that shit up. You don't put the hearts and the diamonds next to each other because your ass get them confused. You don't it's put the damn... No, hold on. You don't put the spades and the clubs next to each other because your ass gonna get them confused. <laughs> you go black, red. Black, red. That's how your ass put the damn cards together. That's why, okay, you, that's why, that's why you didn't see that damn diamond. Look, look how much... Look how, look how aggressive he is. See what spades do to black people? <laughs> Y'all see what spades do to black people? No, but you sitting here over here, uh, I ain't know how I had a diamond. Yeah. I didn't know. Because it was next to the damn hearts. I said I was sorry, shit. <laughs> it's okay. If, okay, so here's my thing. Shout out to Bowie State University and HBCUs across the board, because if it was not for them, I would not know how to play spades. Why? Your grandfather didn't play? I'm sorry? Yo, hold up. Where are you I, from? I didn't grow up with spades. What?
Where you from? I didn't. I'm from DC. Well, I'm telling you, it, it, it's obviously a rights of passage. I'm from DC. Obviously. I did not play spades. My parents didn't play spades around me. My grandparents didn't play cards around me. Like, I oh, I'm, oh, excuse us. Hold up. What, what y'all play? Pequino? No, we didn't <laughs> play games like that. What, what we honestly oh, didn't play I, I, games oh, like that. What were y'all? What, what was y'all doing? Playing life? No. <laughs> like, sorry. We were trouble Uno Monopoly. From time what, to time. What, I bet y'all had the sorry board game, right? I love no. What no. y'all do? I mean, we did everything except like die hard. What y'all do? Like, y'all play games? Not from my, from what I recall, not really. Not like during cookouts and stuff. We would watch, like, we were a football family. So, like, we watched a lot of football, a lot of sports, did a lot of cookouts, a lot of crab boils. Um, like, oh, we, no, we, we got not... hold up. You can stop right there. Cause y'all bougie. That's what it is. We were. You came from. See, right we here. See, I knew I was gonna get to it. See, Matt, your ass probably bougie too. Y'all probably. No, no, so we did pinochle. I remember we did double deck pinochle, but I don't know how to play that. Did her ass just say pinochle? That's crazy. I don't. Matt, 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 go on with your bougie comment, Matt. Ten times on the air, I'm glad to throw bones with you anytime. You ain't mentioned nothing about no bones, Roland. That's what we. Cause we discussed his fans. That's why. Well. You want to know what we play? It's not about being bougie. It's about throwing bones. We discussed in spades, Matt. Matt, can you play spades? Yes, but I'm not good. But no. that's not the point. Oh, oh right there. You ain't good. See, that's your damn problem. <laughs> I'm so happy it's that's not That's your damn only problem for like... going to the University of Texas. See, right this there. I didn't go to Texas. Where you go? I went to Howard. Yeah. I went to Howard, where I learned how to how play. How your ass went to Howard and you know how to play spades? <laughs> I'm not good. I, I know how to really play. play That's not like that, though. What in the world was happening at Demon? I went to Texas A&M and know how to play spades. Probably because I, I went to Jack. Probably because I went to Jack Gates High School. And probably because I had a black family where we played cards. We wasn't bougie like, like Kelly Faye. Tierra, look, Tierra, look. I gotta go. My barber waiting to cut my hair. I gotta go to Liberia tomorrow. Before you go, wait. Before you go. We met before. I met you. I partied with you. We had a blast at a BT event like two years ago. And uh, I took a picture with you. I sent it in for them to show it to you. But we had so much fun. The BT, I don't know. What, what event was that? Um, that was in 2020. What happened to all your hair? Um, I cut it. <laughs> that was what? a wig. She got long ass hair. Whatever. <laughs> we all sh First of all, all y'all in the control room shut up, okay? <laughs> Y'all been messing up and shit the whole damn show, so I don't need to hear nothing from your ass, especially Lanny showing the wrong goddamn graphic. So be quiet. <laughs> See, this is a black show. This is how we do it. All right, Tiara. Uh, look, so we gonna change your uh, name to No Playing Spades Ass Tiara. That's and fine. So when I'm you learn it. how to play Spades, we'll start calling you back Funny Ass Tiara. Okay. That's fine. So That's you come cool. on back when you go to Spades Rehab. I'm gonna start a support group. I got us. Yeah, precisely. Do that. Hit me up. I'll I'll I, help y'all out. DM me. I got you, baby. Thank y'all for having me. You, uh, you we'll, should re, you should reserve that domain name too, <laughs> and make some money off of it. Definitely. Michael, why don't you just stay the hell off of talking about poker? <laughs> why don't you just focus on goddamn space? Hey, okay. I played space before. Now I played. No, I played Mike, Jim Mike, Rummy. Mike, 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 Mike. I played Jim Rummy Mike. a lot you more. Your, your ass space. just said Jim Rummy. That's that's the yeah. whitest game I can think Jen of. Like when I was yeah, younger, no. See, I yeah. Even bougie ass Kelly said shit. We didn't play that. 
I right. mean, damn. Yeah. So, my, my, Michael, you embarrassing Detroit enough. That's it. That's it. Uh, funny ass hey. Sierra, we'll see you later. Uh, please, we gonna go. We gonna lay hands on your damn suits, and we, that's you. how you play spades. But damn it, we gotta go. This just, this, this just embarrassing. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. See y'all later. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right, y'all. We gotta bounce. Uh, y'all, y'all know how we. First of all, uh, let me thank no playing spades as Matt. Let me thank bougie ass Kelly when it comes to spades. Uh, and then let me thank. Uh, I don't know how he from Detroit, Michael. Uh, I, I need to reassess. I haven't who played the, spades in a long I, I time. Because you, you, you ain't been to black people's house in a long time. We need to reassess. I, at least I can play, though. I'm bougie and proud. I'll own the bougie, but I can at least yeah, play Yeah, thank, thank God for Bowie State. Shit. All right. Hey. Uh, I, I, I'm going to have to have a better vetting process for the panelists. Uh, I'm gonna have to add spades to the list of did you watch all these black movies? All right, y'all. That's it. Y'all, uh, here's the deal. I leave tomorrow for Liberia. I'm gonna be there for the next 10 days. We're gonna be broadcasting from Liberia uh, for the covering the 200th bicentennial celebration. It was a country that was founded by freed slaves uh, in 1822. I will be there broadcasting. Half my team is already there. Uh, we're gonna be leaving tomorrow night. So pray for us. Great uh, that we have our travels. We got some great things lined up. I'll be sitting down with the president of Liberia while we're there as well. We'll still have guest hosts while I'm here. So we'll be live streaming events all day when we're there and also I'll be broadcasting from there. It's a huge event taking place on Tuesday that we're going to be covering. February, uh, uh, and so we're looking forward to that. And so folks, it will tell us, stay tuned to uh, the Black Star Network. Uh, hey, I don't know anybody else who's doing it. I know the other black-owned media people not doing it, so I don't know what they're doing, but uh, that's why we do what we do. And so we appreciate it. Uh, so again, be sure to watch the show. My Michelle Roberts interview airs on Wednesday. We got new episodes next week of Deborah Owens' show, Jackie Hill Martin's show, Greg Carr's show, Faraj's show every single day. A lot of things are happening here. The Black Star Network, we're getting ready. I, I was going to put it in March. At the end of February, we're going to launch uh, my 10-part docuseries uh, on my on the year of return to Ghana. So a whole lot of things are happening. Folks, that's it. I appreciate it. Uh, folks, again, I will see y'all from Liberia beginning on Monday. Y'all take care. Ho! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.